This week's show is brought to you by Miracle Made. Alright, now you guys, Brad and Alex, you know I like a lot of things, but I'm going to reveal a little bit about myself here. I really like sleeping. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm like, it's, oh, yeah. A, it's in my top three. Of it's a great I thing enjoy. to do. Wait, hang on. Eating, sleeping, and? Sleeping. Again. Okay. It's, All right. it's it's mostly sleeping, then eating, then sleeping Got again. Got it, yes. Got sleep, it. get up, eat, then you get back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. If I could eat while I'm sleeping, I would probably do that, too. Sleep, eat, sleep, repeat. Got it. Yes. And luckily for me, Miracle Made has sheets just for me. Because did you know that traditional bed sheets can harbor more bacteria than a toilet seat? And I'll tell you what I don't like, sleeping on a damn toilet seat. I would rather sleep in some nice sheets. I don't know, man. Have you tried it? Unfortunately, yes. And it's not my style. I won't ask you to elaborate. (laughs) Inspired by those punks at NASA, Miracle Made uses silver-infused fabrics and makes temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. It has self-cooling properties. The sheets that are infused with this silver prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets, and no more gross odors. Only the best odors in my sheets. You can go to trymiracle.com slash nextlander to try Miracle Made Sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo nextlander at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to miracle.com slash nextlander and use the code nextlander to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash nextlander to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Next Lander podcast. Another one. We are here. I don't know. Brad and Alex, I don't know if you knew this. We're kind of approaching a year here. A y- like, year. We're, we're within spitting distance of a year. I just I just made the news notes for this show. Noticed it was episode thirty-eight. Yeah, thirty-eight is a significant fraction of fifty-two. Get your year here. Um, have you been with us since the beginning? Oh, so many months ago. <laughs> Thank mm-hmm. you for listening. If you're new to the show, welcome to the Next Lender Podcast where we talk about all things a little bit later. We're going to talk about Elden Ring. And now I'm going to say right here, top of the show, because that's the kind of program we run. Listen, if you're worried about Elden Ring spoiler stuff, just just skip the Elden Ring talk because it's going to be impossible for us to talk about what we've been doing in that game. And those things are so opaque that I can't keep track of what's a spoiler in that game and what's not a spoiler in that game. And I, I'm, listen, I'm with you. I get it. There's a lot of discovery. Those games are about discovery, but I think we're just going to talk about whatever we've seen so far in yeah. that game. So 
like we get it. You don't want your experience to be tarnished. There you go. Um, very nicely done, Alex Navarro. Put, I'm gonna put one on the go. board. Uh, <laughs> Thirty-eight yeah. episodes. I finally killed it. But you I know, go. everybody knows what I'm saying. Like it, that's a tough one. There's a lot of discovery in there. We're gonna be talking to each other, kind of as a check-in after we've played a bunch. So we're going to be finding out a bunch of stuff. So there will be just spitting Elden Ring back and forth. So fair warning. Um, I don't think we're going to censor too much what we say in that segment. This, this is a relief to hear because I was afraid, I was preparing to go into this and to be all like, oh, I saw this cool thing. I'm not going to say what it is, but it was over there and that was cool, but I'm not going to tell you because I don't want to spoil it. So I mean, Bradley, I want to know about I, all the cool things you saw. Oh, dude, dude, I, <laughs> I, I posted a, I posted a spoiler tag video of it on discord. <laughs> I, I, you know, listen, I'm like, we're not going to go out of go our, look at it. We're not going to go out of our way to spoil cool stuff, but uh, you know, the, like anything mentioned in that game could potentially be something you want to discover on your own so just also let's be clear none of us are anywhere near the end of that game so you're not going to be getting any of that stuff dude i don't think we're near the beginning of that game (laughs) from what Uh, i am seeing (laughs) and like man so we'll we'll have that in a little bit uh, in our game section along with a a quick update on horizon and um i jumped into a little bit of destiny 2 just a little bit Um, did you get it to work like i i just i don't even touch that game on i don't well first of all i don't touch that game at all anymore it's been like two years since i played it almost but uh I don't even try on expansion release days because the mm. servers are such a mess. Were you actually able to play? Yeah, I got in. It was okay. a little funky, but I, I got in. Uh, I, I've heard anecdotally that this was a much smoother launch than they generally tend to have. Okay. Uh, I don't think it was anything with the servers that made it funky, but I'll, I'll get into it a little bit in a second here. And then in the news, we're going to talk about uh, some Street Fighter stuff with the Street Fighter Six and um, the new headset from uh, uh, PlayStation's VR 2. Is that just what they're calling it? PlayStation VR 2. For now, yes, yes. Yeah, and some other stuff. Before we get into that, though, Mm -hmm. I and the family escaped a room. What? What? We did an escape room. Hang on, was it your basement? There were family (laughs) escape rooms? Um. Okay, when you say it like that, Brad, it makes it sound like I'm running some kind of like horror movie here. But Sorry, no, all ages escape rooms. Excuse we, me. We did a we did a we did, we did a private room because we didn't want to be in a room with other people. Uh, given a, I'm doing it with my kids. I don't need anybody like being like, come on, man, just put the use the use the rubber chicken on the pulley. Just I don't understand. And um, not everybody would be nice. It's New Jersey. Everybody's a sweetheart. Uh, and you know, obviously, uh, COVID stuff, wherever it may be at this point. So we did a we did a private room, just the the four of us. It was super fun. I've never done anything like that. Um, it was uh, here in Jersey. It was a bank heist. So like, um, you had basically imagine, um, imagine like a, a a jewelry store, right? And there's around the perimeter are all these display cases. Uh, built into the wall, like um, maybe about one and a half feet wide. And through the glass is an object in each display case. And each one is basically, this is going to sound cool because it is, uh, magnetically sealed until you solve a, a puzzle. So there's like 20 display cases and you have to solve the puzzle and then it pops open um, and you get like an item from that thing that you can use on another puzzle. So it's like very the room ish as you mm-hmm. kind of are popping open things and it was neat. It was very cool. Um, cool. Yeah. We, uh, Had you ever we, done anything like that before? Never ever. Okay. Uh, and, um, we, we just decided to treat ourselves and, and get out of the house for a bit because, uh, the kids had that four day weekend, uh, and it was like rainy yesterday and they were kind of going bananas. And so it was kind of surprise 
to me that we were doing it uh, after we finished recording the ramble cast or like during one of the breaks, my wife said, we're going to do an escape room at, at uh, six o'clock if you're available. <laughs> wait, wait, was this just news to you on the spot? <laughs> yeah. It's just like, Hey, escape room in an hour. Come yeah. on. She was looking for something to do. And I was like, that sounds awesome. Yes. I will absolutely go do that. Uh, it was neat. I, it, my daughter was a little, um, she's uh, seven. She was a little freaked out from some of the atmosphere building. Uh, oh no, my audio again. That little thump Speaking is of back. atmosphere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I thought I fixed that thing. Well, if you heard that in the recording, that's my thumpy, thumpy audio. You're going to have to pull a heist of some oh, new capacitors. My gosh. Anyway, that escape room thing was super duper fun. And do you feel, uh, do you feel prepared for a new career in jewelry, thievery or bank robbing? No, but as I was doing, I was like, I want to build all these little electronic doodad puzzles because they seem super fun. This one with like this button sequence, this one that had like a crank that, and this one that had like an air pump you had to put into it. Uh, they were neat. Uh, it was very fun. They had a, a real safe there that you had to like uh, safe crack. How many, how many, how many hidden Arduinos do you think were in that room? Quite a number. Okay. <laughs> Quite a number. That sounds fun. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's Okay. Imagine basically 21 Resident Evil doors, but like okay. in the real world where you're like, okay, I kind of see the camera and the like, you know, the microphone thing that's in here and like the gears, you know, it's not the make believe version of it. It's the, you know, real version where you're dealing probably every day with three to four groups of maybe somewhat drunk people breaking stuff. So are you going to put anything too precious in here? Probably not. Definitely probably. not. The stuff, the stuff has to work. There's no sticking a ruby into a statue's eye socket. There are yeah, what is, it, what is this, Legends of the Hidden Temple? Come on. Yeah, exactly. This stuff has to be functional and also has to work consistently, right? Like, uh, yeah. or, or, or here's what I think. I think the person, because there's a person there who's like guiding the thing, operating it. They have a walkie-talkie. They'll give you, we think you get three hints. I think they gave us a couple of gimmies and just opened up a couple of the things when we were close oh, enough to the puzzle. Yeah, they were super nice. Uh, the woman who was running was such a sweetheart. And I think we were close enough, like punching in codes, and the timing might have been a little off that she just was like, boop. All right. And they we'll just, just pop, we'll yeah, it just pop open being, instead of just like, oh, this is the seventh time I'm doing it. Just like, you know, move on. You're okay. You, you solved the puzzle. Now you just need to execute on it. Yeah. Uh, there was one that, uh, I'll just say this, there was one there, uh, I'm not going to spoil this in case anybody's going, but there was mm-hmm. one where you had to line up four lasers to bounce back with mirrors to get back into a sensor that I think oh. we would have never gotten with like the kids and everybody. Like, How were they... Were they like pumping fog into the room so you could see the lasers bouncing around? <laughs> no, you could see the laser on the opposite wall once you bounce the okay. back with a mirror and you had to like, you know, get it into the gem eye, you know, or whatever it is. And like you need to do it with four. So I've only got two hands. My wife's only got two hands, obviously, as far as you guys know. And then, uh, uh, you know, having to pull, do that and ha- having to have like my kids try and line up the lasers above their head would have been really, really tough. So we did not get that one. That's fun, though. Have you guys ever done an escape room? I have not. I was going to ask, though, have you, uh, are you familiar with the kind of, like, the concept of escape rooms except for breaking things? Oh, the break rooms? Like, the like, yeah, yeah, like, TV? Break rooms. like yeah. rage, rage rooms, I guess, is what I'm seeing. Yeah. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have yeah, heard it's of kind of spiraled out of the idea of, like, anger yes. therapy, like, Screams, you know, sort of, like, venting therapy. Scream therapy type stuff. Yeah. I'm sitting here looking at one in L.A., that they've got a menu here, axe throwing, 
paint splashing. Okay, that sounds harmless. That's just Jackson Pollock. <laughs> destroy a vehicle. Uh-huh. Okay. And there is straight up an old ass sedan just sitting here in the middle of a room. I will only do the, I will only do the destroy my vehicle if at the end a guy comes in, drops to his knees, and says, "Oh my car, <laughs> oh my car." Right, yes, you're just, in that you're, voice specifically. You're, you're just going to do kicks on it, right? You're just oh wow, it is. Uh, let's see, it is. Well, I'm going to channel electricity through my body. <laughs> it is twelve hundred dollars for an hour of destroy a vehicle. Ooh, if well, I were rich, I would pay that. You know what? I guess. I guess, like, do you want to walk in, Brad, and have an already broken windows vehicle? No. So they got to, like, they got to do oh, some yeah, work no, on I, the car, right? So, oh, I get it, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what happens when you dial 1-800-CARS-FOR-KIDS, is that they get the car, <laughs> and they say, the kids get the money, and then the fucking, you know, the rage room gets the car. I would donate some of my garbage, like old TV and stuff. As long as they responsibly get rid of the trash, as responsible as you can, I would probably donate that stuff to... Better than just sitting in a landfill. Uh, if, if nobody wanted it. Uh, there's a lot of yeah. caveats there. Uh, you know what I'm saying. If the car uh, was not really in a functional state and you just needed to get rid of it somewhere and they were willing to give you a, a few bucks to just take it from you and do that, I would say, sure, why listen, not? When I was a dumbass kid, we drove our friend's car into the woods and took baseball bats and just beat the crap out of it and left it there. It's better That's than that. That's an American tradition, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, it's better than that. So... Uh, uh, we, when you're a kid and you're an idiot, you don't realize things like, you know, looking up VIN numbers or like the, the car was registered to somebody. You just think like, it, it, like eternally as a kid, you think that object permanence comes and stays there once you're like six months old, but really probably mm-hmm. takes until about 25 to really understand that if you turn around, the car is still there. <laughs> you yeah. know, like it didn't disappear. It's still going to be there. Somebody will find it. And if it's a problem, they can get it back to you. That's uh mm-hmm. that's, that doesn't, you know, that's yeah. a lesson learned. Uh, but to answer your question, Vinny, yes, I did one okay. escape room once. Uh, and I think I told the story on the beast cats cause it was when I went to Shanghai. Oh uh, Yes. Back in 2013, I was we were out there and it was like we had a, an evening free, so we ended up going to this escape room somewhere in like the suburban part of Shanghai, and like uh, the other Western couple, it was like two cells, like us and the one other Western couple were in uh-huh. one room, I think, and the other was like uh, a Chinese family and like at least a couple of kids, and you, you had to kind of work together. To open up the cells. I, it's been a long time, but this is how I remember it. And the problem was there was a little bit of a language barrier there because only one of the kids on the other mm. side spoke any English. And it was very like, are you OK? <laughs> and that was kind of all they could really say and all they did say to us. But we did. We got reasonably far. We just didn't okay. finish it. Hey, puzzles, the language that transcends. Yeah. Was yeah, it fun? It was a good time. Yeah. It was a good okay. time. You know, like I, I didn't regret the time and I wasn't sad we didn't win or anything. Yeah, I I have to before we move on. I just have to point out that I I appreciate that rubber chicken and pulley is still your go to for example of a puzzle. It's the where classic, you use a right? thing on another thing. Yeah, it's. The, I always think of tying the cell phone to the cat. Okay, is that wait? Tying that was an old to... adventure game thing. Okay. I forget which game it's from though. Is that Maniac Mansion? No, it can't oh, be Maniac. Which one? Been so the pulley long. or the no? Cell phone? No, the cell phone on the cat. I don't. I don't know. Sure, is that all? I remember is that when I was editing a lot of Brett Todd reviews, <laughs> he would constantly refer to tying the cell phone to the cat as like his go-to. Like this is a stupid puzzle reference. Maybe that's a Brett Toddism. Maybe that's a maybe that's up there with tying the cell phone to the cat and other famous industry isms. Like I'm pretty sure that it. is an actual puzzle in a game, though. I just can't remember what it was. I don't know. I don't know. Um. Boy, 
Hey, Brad, I had a question for you. You you okay. you are familiar with the nursing world at large, right? Sure. And I'm sure you've heard of traveling nurses at this point. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, has anybody, have you ever heard the word around you in, uh, nursenary? No. Okay. As in like, like a mercenary nurse? Yeah. No, but I've definitely heard of people who live a lifestyle that could certainly be described that way. Okay. Okay. I was listening to a big story on traveling nurses. I was waiting for somebody to say nursenary and they did not. And I said, surely. Sure, because they were talking about like, oh, the pay is like, you know, they're going where the pay is really good because there's such a nursing shortage and like, you know, um, but, you know, they literally described they, they described it as, oh, you know, some nurses are going where the pay is really good, but they have no loyalty to the hospital and they just leave, you know, for another one. Uh, and I think they might have even said the word. It's pretty mercenary in the story I was listening to. I was like, how are you not just how are you not just gonna, are you better oh, than wait. I am? Do you think you're better than I am by not saying the word mercenary? Wait. Wait, hang on. They didn't actually say it. No, they didn't you're, say it. You're coining it here. Is that what you're no, saying? No, I'm. That's what I'm checking with you before I, mm. I write this before one. Before you put in the trademark symbol next to it. Yes. Um, fully, fully aware of that lifestyle. Never heard that term. Okay. It's very so, good. I do like it. You might uh, be on something. You know how okay. I love wordplay. Yes. Yeah, well, I need to double check now because it seemed too obvious to me. Uh, so I know. You folks might have might have heard of it before. Anyway, should we get to the games, or do you guys have anything else you want to let's say ramble about? Mm. I did that with I, the the escape room was the only thing I did between the ramble cast and this podcast, aside from play a bunch of Elden Ring. That's yeah, man. I don't know. My, <laughs> I was going to say earlier, you, you always say welcome back to this podcast. I yeah. feel like I never. I feel like I never left. <laughs> we have pa- we pretty much my whole life yeah. for the last two years has been sit in front of this desk. Uh, we hit pause, play a couple of games, come back, maybe do an escape room or two, try to coin right. some really good words, and then yes. uh, come back. Do the dishes. Do the sometimes do the dishes. Sometimes let them pile up. Uh-huh. Um, try to get frustrated thinking of what to give the kids for lunch because they don't eat anything anymore, or don't want to eat anything anymore. It's very frustrating. You can only have hot dogs so many times a day. <laughs> Uh, let's not trying hard enough. <laughs> let's get into Elden Ring. I will Elden say Ring. once again, you know the drill. If you're, we're gonna uh, have a conversation. We're gonna have a conversation about Elden Ring. Every, yeah. everything in a Souls game is potentially a thing you want to discover. So uh, enter at your own risk. Yeah, like I, I, I mean, people who've played their games probably understand this already. It's it's not really story spoilers so much as like discovery spoilers. Yeah, yeah. it's just like oh, that weird enemy that popped out and killed me in one hit. Yeah, Not like or or, you know, or this, this area, this cool thing, right? Um, right. Uh, like right, I'm but, I'm a little sensitive to it in in the in the Souls S game, so I just want to make sure people know before getting into it. We're probably going to explore some of that territory, so uh, he- heads up there. Uh, we are playing pre-release. Uh, you should know that uh, my last two sessions have been offline. I, I haven't been able to get online yeah. on the servers, so there's, there's been some server stuff going on the last couple of days. Uh, but aside from that, I am probably six or seven hours in at this point um i'm probably just under that okay. yeah I'm, i've got about 10 ish okay uh uh let's go let's just get kind of uh, like twenty thousand foot uh view here for for a bit um alex what are your thoughts so far before you get into the details well i think maybe the thing to also frame here is like what are all of our individual like 
interests and and experiences <laughs> with those from games. Like my from experience is mostly with like a togi era from from. God, like, yeah. oh geez, that's not well, where no, I thought you were going to go. With that. No, no, no. Because here's the thing: I played, I've played some Dark Souls. I played more Bloodborne than I played any Dark Souls game. But even that, I did not get that far into because I am an easily frustrated person. I have tendencies as a player that are very much the kinds of things that these games are designed to punish. And I am not the sort of person that has like a great deal of interest in forcing my way to learn those kinds of mm. things and to get around those tendencies because I'm a 40 goddamn year old man. I'm kind of set in my ways. And like, it's not that I don't think that there is an elegance and a real like, like from a top down view, like just exciting quality to those games it has just never gelled with my personal play style we got alex bad at games okay yeah totally uh, yeah no but Understood. so i yes, the, get good etc <laughs> but the thing everyone has said to me with this one is that like this is more approachable than a lot of those other games have tended to be and i Man. will say that right out of the gates i did not feel that way <laughs> but as i've tr- as i've forced myself to push further and to approach it in a way that is not the sort of like linear beat your head against whatever the next challenge thing is that a lot of those other games were i am having more fun with it than i have had with any of those other games up to this point brad what's your uh what's your top level big top level jumping in here i guess your uh, your, your experience with this franchise is yeah or i mean i franchise you know i've I played all the modern from games bloodborne mm. and demon souls are the only ones i've finished and mm. demon souls i mostly finished because we were streaming it like Bloodborne is the only one of those games that I have really just devoured start to finish. I played a ton of each Dark Souls game, but I never, for some reason, I always like burn out in the back third of those games mm. for some reason. Um, I have had a weird trajectory with this game. Partially because that network test came out a few months ago and we did a video with that. And in that, I knew this was open world. And I was just like, I'm just going to roam around and do stuff. I'm just going to like see what's here and not try to get too deep into any one part of this uh, and wait for the final version to do that. So then we got the final version and I've been doing, I, I started out doing just that, right? Like you start in what is the most Dark Souls ass looking area possible. It's like a bunch mm-hmm. of gothic, like ruined mm-hmm. castles and like knights with spears and big shields. Big dumb cave. Yeah. And yes, big cave and a bigger castle up on the hill with a super hard boss there. You know what I mean? Like it's yes. very Dark Souls. And I was like, I, well, I'm just going to clear out this area. I'm going to clear out this first area and beat that first boss because that's what you do in these games, right? Like, I got to get through this first area first. And I just kept banging my head against it over and over and over and, like, not feeling it too much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then talking to a a compatriot of ours who was also playing it was like, like, oh, I think this is, like, the most amazing open world game since Breath of the Wild. And I was like, huh, okay. (laughs) And then I started roaming around the game. And I kind of agree with that now. Like it is, I have, I have had a massive swerve on this game in the last like 48 hours. As I have said, like, all right, fuck that boss. I'm just going to go out and see stuff. Like I had been exploring a little bit, but there is so much to this open world. Like it's kind of crazy. So you're, you're, you're kind of all in at this point. Yes. Okay. I think so. I think so. Provisionally, like, you know, who knows, who knows where it's going to go. But like last night, We'll get into it. Just having yeah. fun. I saw some shit. I um, I think I'm middling on it so far. Like I, oh, really? I yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I think I agree with everything you said, Brad. I think I kind of went straight into 
clearing out the area and doing the thing that I think the game maybe does a disservice in its waypointing way you and making a big deal of that at the what their equivalent of a bonfire is uh they they kind of push reach you down. out and touch grace yeah grace uh it kind of like pushes you down a path that's like hey we're gonna point you towards where you should be going and some of the npcs are like you should probably go here and and, and go to the castle and it's like okay and boy that boss really will hand you your ass um uh, talking about i mean this was in the network test so a lot of people have seen this Margaret the fell omen is the boss yeah. we're talking about what Margaret's are they, what a are they, fucking asshole yeah, yeah. he sucks man god what do they refer to him as like a greater something like he's a higher tier of boss right like he's not just a boss boss like but he's, he's not a, one of the he's not one of the big demigods he's, he's, he's not one of the like lords or whatever yeah. he's I mean, middle hey, management this is this is look this is not a dark souls game but it's a dark souls game like, <laughs> it, there is, are, it might there as well are, be there are five lords that you have to yeah. take on over the course of the game. Like it's that. Uh, but, yeah. And those he, lords, by the way, some real ace plus naming going on there. Uh, yes. geez, I don't even remember the, the, you don't remember gold, the dung eater. Oh, the dung I eater. do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's the yeah. dung eater. There's gold mask, the grave sitter or the, the, I believe gold mask is one of them. There's the deathbed companion, deathbed companion. Yes. That's what it was. Yes. which is, is definitely the name of my new grindcore band. <laughs> yes. Those are the names are like, the, I, yes, <laughs> When that itch, because I mean, it's literally that intro. It's yeah. literally the Dark Souls intro of like, after some, some like breathless kind of descriptions of the state of the world, we're going to run down all the lords. And like, they got to that point, And I was like, okay, you've, you must have run out of ideas for these <laughs> lords by now. But they really, then the dung eater happened. And I was like, oh, nope, they still got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, um, I, I think it's, I, I think the open world stuff and the exploration is, is really cool. Like, it, I, I, I'm with you. Like, if you, Let's just say this up front. My, I should also say my experience with these games is kind of like you, Brad. I played most of, if not all, the modern stuff. I I did not like Bloodborne and bounced off of that one, but finished the other Souls games, except for maybe three is where I just got kind of tired of it. Um, and this game, I don't think I don't think that's a minority opinion. I think a lot of people are not as fond of three. This game definitely feels more traditional demon dark souls of get your character build. If you want to be a tank, you can be a tank. You've got all these equip weights, less bloodborne. I should say. Yes. It's, mm-hmm. it's very much like, you know, there's like your, here's your sword and shield guy. Yeah. Like you can do a dex build. You can do right. faith int. like it's got those different types of magic, like the, the class archetypes, the art design. Like it is, it is the most dark souls thing, <laughs> not called dark souls. They've it ever is done by a mile, by a mile. It is the dark souls of not um, dark souls games, but right. it, it but, is, a. Uh, but, but the uh, openness but, is the big differentiator. Yeah, yes. and I, I actually I agree with you. I think um, the more the more I explored and got lost in the world, the more I enjoyed it. Like the, the more I just kind of forgot where I was going. And there was a thing again. The, the, I'm set at the top, so we're just going to get into some stuff. I got accidentally, accidentally, I got unexpectedly teleported to another area of the map, uh, which was just like out in the in the not cleared area of my map way out east and was like just in a mine somewhere uh with no grace thing there but they kept respawning me in the same point and you can fast travel so it wasn't a big deal but i was like i'm gonna just i'm gonna work i want to see where this is going yeah yeah. like i walked out and died immediately but i'm like okay i'm gonna work work on this um and that was super cool i was just like exploring out in an area that i don't think i could have gotten to by horseback and it's it is a they still have very horrific and disturbing character design stuff. And it, that area I was in was full of it. If any, I'm not going to spoil this cause I think everybody needs to experience this on their own, but the wildlife there 
There's something with those goats that's just it's not. It's, it's they ain't right. It, it ain't, ain't right, right at all. It ain't right, and I don't like it. Uh, and if you haven't seen it, go just look at a goat for a little while, and then see that's what happens. Just good advice in general. And then go see what happens when they scamper off. Like uh, that ain't it ain't right. It, uh, but there are like bad weird dogs in the area I was in, and like everybody's unhappy. Um, nobody's having a good time there except for me. That's when I was having the most fun. And I was, I would do that and I'd go off on my little camping trip. And then the fast travel is super nice, especially when coupled with the PS five load time. So I would go out, I'd fight a little bit and then I would go fast travel back in. See if I was ready to fight that boss again. Nope. Was not ready to fight that boss go out. And then I hit the point where I was like, all right, you know what? I think I'm just going to farm like four levels here. And so I fought those big giants, the ones that have the 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 big swords, um, mm-hmm. and because I could like take the one, them, like the one that'll jump down at you when you're yeah. first heading up toward the castle. Yeah, so I could beat them pretty easily, and they would drop like twelve hundred souls a pop. So I was like, okay, I'll just fight this one. He's right by a grace. Reload, fight this one. Gained like four levels, and I started getting to the point where uh, this was in the Souls games too. If you level the same stat up enough, it's eventually they kind of. Um, the curve flattens out. So you, you get few and fewer upgrade points. Um, sorry, benefits from upgrading that stat. So I was dumping my points in the strength and eventually it was just doing nothing for me. So I started putting it to health and then I fought that boss again and was like, I'm, just, I'm getting how I'm like level 19 now getting housed. In Margaret, this game. You mean? What's, what's that? Margaret. You mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that the, that the boss, boss. That same yeah. boss. Um, you know, got got him down to about twenty percent health, but just barely and not consistently. Uh, and was starting to get super frustrated. And mm-hmm. it then I started talking to you guys this morning, and one of you mentioned a thing that just broke open the game for me, and it made me a little frustrated that that was not communicated. I understand these games don't communicate everything, but that felt very missable in a way that shouldn't be well here i also missed that thing yeah well so here's what it was for me was that i was like like i said i was approaching this using the waypoints saying like you need to go to this castle you need to go do this thing i got locked into this notion in my brain of this is the thing you are supposed to do before you go do anything else Mm. and so i spent a solid 90 minutes last night just beating my brain against (laughs) margaret despite the fact that I very clearly was not high level enough. I would go outside, I would go backstab all the soldier guys just to keep leveling up over and over again. And I got a few levels up and I started doing more work, but I realized there's just something not happening there that I I, I realized I was missing out on. So just on a whim, I decided to fast travel back to the first area where there is a shopkeeper, where there is someone that I know that I can go buy some stuff from. And so when I did that, it 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 did warp me there at night, and there was a person there that was not there before, and it gave me the thing that you're talking about. Yeah, that like opened up a whole other aspect of a, combat that I was not even thinking about. It's it's summons. So there's a I mean there's a ton of new mechanics in this game. Yeah. I don't know if we need to get all of them, but like there are a but lot. The summons of sort is a of, big one. There are a lot of like quality of life and assist features. You know, like I, we obviously we really don't need to get into like the debate about difficulty levels in these games, but they yeah. have added a lot of kind of like in world or sort of diegetic assists, like. Like, you know, there are respawn points now. You don't always have to go back to the bonfire equivalent. There are these little, um, what do they call them? Stakes of America. uh, While we're talking about the Stakes of America, have you guys found those to be not as obvious as they should be when you hit one so that you're not sure where it was if you want to respawn there? 
They're um, definitely not super obvious, but yeah, I've also found they're yes. usually pretty close to other grace points. Mm. They're, they're they're very visually indistinct. Like it's super easy to miss them. But I think I, my experience, you haven't you don't really need to know where they are. Like you just kind of it'll well, prompt you when you die if you want to restart at one of those instead of back at the bonfire. And if you say it's usually just like right there. So that's my that's my thing is like. I, and I don't care where it was really. I just need to know what's closer to where I died. Right. And I feel right. like that's, that's the thing. Yeah, like I, I'll pass by one. Didn't even know I passed by one. And when I died, I'll be like, do you want to start at the stake or the grace? I'm like, Oh shit. I don't even know where this stake is. Is, is yeah, that in my experience? If they, if they, if they prompt you, do you want to restart at one of these when you yeah. die? It's because that's closer to you than where. So like that happened to me this morning. I went all the, we'll get into this. I went all the way South, like as far as I could go South on the map and found some crazy shit down there and got mm-hmm. smoked. Um, I was super, I was like five, 10 minutes away from the last bonfire I had rested at, but I just said, yeah, respond me at the stake, I guess. It was like literally right next to where I had died. Like, oh wow, like that's five convenient. feet away. Okay. Like, and I, I hadn't even seen it coming in. So like, okay, like that's super handy, you know, like that's, that's, that's the kind of example I mean of like, yeah, they never would have had something like that in the previous games. If you died, you would have had to fight your way all the way back to where you you dropped your stuff. And it's just like, no, I just got yeah respond right next to where I died. But the. The thing we were talking about in that vein is the summons, not the, I mean, they do have all the traditional summon players, summon adversaries for duels, like all the, the live human multiplayer summon stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, They call it ashes of, um, yeah, like spirit ashes. Basically it's it's kind of confusing because there are two types of ashes. There are ashes of war, which you use to add effects, passive and active effects, your weapons. Yeah. And then there's like spirit ashes, which are the things that you use to summon like spectral kind of helpers. It's like familiars almost. Yeah. Yeah. They're familiars. Like, you know, the the previous games have had some stuff like this, but um, they're super like, I don't want to say it trivialized that fight with Margaret, but once I had those summons, it's having something else drawing aggro on that guy. That's exactly right. It's it really does change the game. So the thing you're talking about is that the lady, the witch who gives you the, the spirit bell that lets you start using those summons only appears at night in this specific church. Right. And you and I both had just not happened to run across her. Like I was at there night. at that church because there's a merchant there as well. I just was always yeah. there during the day. I've, I've gone to that merchant a bunch. Because they sort you out in the day. It's, like the yeah, first time you go there is during the day. Yeah, also that church is like, you know, 30 seconds away from where you literally start the game, right? It's like yeah. very obviously the first major merchant you're supposed to run across. But like I had done so much exploring by the time I, like you guys literally told me, like go back and get that bell. I had five different summons. I had like, I had found five different types of summons with no way to use them and that's, no idea where, to, where yeah. to get those things. And like, that's a major component of the game. Like I, I can, yes, I, it's a fresh, it's a frustrating thing where I, I, they do so much other stuff to put it up front for you. That's that one just felt out of place. Yeah. Right? Cause, cause this game has like some pretty exhaustive tutorial pop-ups, which is pretty out of character for them. Like there's a lot of information they put right in front of your face in very explicit terms. But then yes, like here's this major mechanic that if you didn't know it was there, like you could spend half the game not knowing about it. I feel like they, in their mind, they expected people to at some point just go back to that place because it is the first merchant you meet. And it is a, you know, like at a certain point you're just going to run into a wall and you're like, okay, well, what do I do next? Probably I should go buy some stuff. And that's probably what they were banking on. I agree with you. That is a major mechanic, and it is a tide-turning mechanic the first few times you run into those big combat encounters. But, you know, I mean, this is also a game where you can kind of wriggle your way out of stuff not necessarily having that. Like, there's the... Or having the things they expect you to. Like, there's the... the one of the first... One of the first grace points, not the first, one of the first, uh, is the one where the lady comes down and tells you about the horse you have named Torrent, 
you know, don't don't torn horses, folks. <laughs> um, but yeah, and like, so there's very clearly a staging there for you to get on your damn horse and use that to run past a big encounter that you cannot fight yourself at that stage. And I just didn't think about it and didn't do it. And I still ran past it, but just on foot. And I was like, oh, I was supposed to have my horse for that moment, wasn't I? But so, I still did it. I still got past it. So are those, because I saw that during the um, the network test when you played, Brad. And so you think those are tied to grace points or are those tied to any other, like certain grace things? Because there are a couple of cutscenes that happen at touching grace places. You think those? You think those are just tied to the actual grace point and not to any other um, flag that you may have? You mean, those, a, you, they, mean, you mean those like dialogue scenes where they give you new mechanics? And stuff? Yeah, there's like because there's the round table thing. I don't know if you guys got that one. Yeah, yeah I got I, that yeah, one too. And that was one I only got by happening to go back to a grace point at a certain time. Um, the horse, the horse one is very obviously just like built in. Like that's that's you know. You like, go to that oh, point, they give is, you that. Yeah, yeah, like that. It was the same in the network test. Like that one is very much it's that, like it's okay, that grace point. Okay. Yes, but okay. the round table stuff. Like I don't where which race point did you guys get the round table at? I got it, was, it at the one right before Margaret. I oh, got I it too. Oh, weird! I got it at the castle. Oh, yes, in the castle, the one right before in the Margaret. castle, right yes. before him. Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay, so maybe maybe that is the only place you can get that. I don't. But it happened randomly. It happened after I had died like five times. On same here. Same same for uh, me. So I it did, did for me, but it only did it after I rested there. Same. Yeah. yeah. Like I, maybe that one might just be like, you know, after X number of deaths, mm-hmm. we will, the, the round table is basically the kind of like place out of time that you can port to much yeah. like the, the uh, nexus or you want to go know, talk like to the, some guys or some guys that kind of like get doll. hugged by a lady. She'll hug <laughs> yeah. you. Right. Like the nexus. Yeah. So like the doll, the dollhouse <laughs> thing in bloodborne, that kind of thing. It's like a, it's a castle out of space and time you can port to. And that hugging thing is so weird. It's cute. It's all, yes. You can go get hugged by Fia. Want a hug? Wait, Wait what, isn't, isn't Fia the deathbed companion? I thought that's what they said, but anyway, she's she's a nice lady. She hugs you, and you get a, a buff out of it. Maybe she, Thea has a sister or something. I don't know. Is she a vampire? Like she kind of she kind of makes it sound like she's like. Taking I think she's more of a reverse vampire because she gives you something. Then she she's gives not you taking. a buff. Yeah, then she gives you a buff, and then she's like, mm, "People might think this is untoward, but maybe she's an energy it, vampire." But bring it in, bring it in. Um, yeah, so I was wondering if any of those things were tied to specific time of day or number of, like you said, Brad, number of deaths or something else, other flag that gets set for a for a grace point. The um, the checkpointing's nice. The fast travel is my favorite thing. Yes, uh, that really helps with wanting to just go explore. It was no- one of my greatest hindrances with those games is the like having to repeat significant chunks of stuff to get back to the thing that you died on. Yeah. It was just very frustrating to me. And yeah. it's not that there's none of that here, but the they're they're very, very generous with the number of points that you can activate and places you can go. Usually there isn't like a giant chunk of stuff you have to do. Yeah, they've they've been building up to this kind of fast travel for a while, you know, like the most recent, like Dark Souls 3, you know. Most of those yeah. games you can port between bonfires, bonfires after you found them, but you have to go back to the kind of the hub to do that. And here it is literally just pop up your map, like hit X on whichever <laughs> Bonfire, you. I, I'm just going to keep saying bonfire. I'll say it too. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, and you port right there. There are no requirements at all, other than like certain. You, there are certain dungeons that you're in that you can't port out of. You have to get back to kind of surface level to do it. But otherwise, it's like instantaneous fast travel to basically any bonfire you've ever found. Like it's very convenient. One time, I it seemed like maybe you can't do it in combat, or or if you're 
near combat, but uh, I ran away and I was able to do it. But, you know, the game doesn't pause. So if you open the menu to even try to get there, you're probably dead by the time you get the cursor over a, a grace point anyway. But also the running away is pretty generous. Like it, the AI has, or at least the, the enemies I've encountered Leashes. so far, they, they're just like, they give up at a certain point. Like they're tired too. They don't want to deal with your bullshit. So they're just like, whatever. But yeah, I mean, they're, they're the standard kind of dumb Dark Souls zombie enemies, you know, like they will stare at you and then walk away after a while. Some yeah. are, some, some chase me down on horseback across. So I, I had something chase me down on horseback and then. I led them through a camp of other people and then they all fought and I got all the souls from it. Uh, nice. Was, yes. That's, that's good stuff. Like, yes, that is maybe we'll, we shouldn't save this for after the first break, but, but I feel like that's the actual best way to talk about this game is to just talk about the weird, cool shit that we found and that has happened to us. Yeah. Let's, let's take a quick break and we'll talk about some of the, what's going on in, in the open world, maybe less with the mechanical stuff. Uh, stick around more Elden Ring, Ring, Elden Ring talk <laughs> after the break. This week's show is brought to you by Rocket Money. Brad Shoemaker, Alex Navarro. I bet you guys have subscriptions. I had a lot of subscriptions. I had too many subscriptions. And at a certain point, I had to drill down. I had to, I had to focus. I had to make sure that I did not have so many subscriptions anymore. You had to take time out of your day. My busy schedule. Your time, which is worth more than anything to find those subscriptions and cancel. Brad Shoemaker, do you live a subscription lifestyle? I am just a walking monthly bill at this point. <laughs> it's the world we live in. If you need help, boy, guys, I got some uh, I got some news for you. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. It says here that most people think they're spending $80 on their subscriptions, but in reality, the number is closer to 200. My God. What are we even doing? With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. Rocket Money also lets you monitor all your expenses in one place, recommends custom budgets based on your past spending, and they'll even send you notifications when you've reached your spending limits. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. That's rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Thanks, Rocket Money. And we're back and more Elden Ring coming at you. Let's talk a little about that open world they've tell. You see that? Yes. See that death? You can die there. Um, <laughs> see sure. that dilapidated castle? You'll yeah. get there eventually, but first some things are going to try to kill you. And also, there are like, you know, maybe five other dilapidated castles on yeah. the way there. Can um, we interest um, you in a ruined church to start? Mm -hmm. I just, I, I cannot, st I've said this before, I'm just going to reiterate because I cannot stress enough, like, do not get hung up on anything in this game. Like, the no. value of this game is roaming around and seeing all the shit because there was a lot of it and it's weird. And, totally. And there's a lot of it. Like, that's like, the thing I'm thinking about right now and, and the thing that I think is actually going to keep me playing this is that after, like, beating my head against that stuff last night, I started thinking, I was like, well, what a, okay, there's all these places on the map I haven't been yet. Should I try going there? Should I try going there? There was this cave I went into earlier and got my ass kicked there. Maybe now I can take that boss on. And like, 
having that variety of like possibilities in front of you, which don't seem completely impossible or daunting, has me much more interested in continuing on with this rather than just continuing to knock my head against a thing that I'm not like I, I'm just not ready to beat yet. I had a I had a thought while I was playing last night while I was over in those plaguelands. Like the, there's a part on the map to the east where the terrain is red. Yes, mm-hmm. that, that's where I, that's near where I got teleported to. Oh. Yeah. So apparently that was locked off in the network test. People have not seen that. I was talking to friends ah, who played a bunch of okay. the network test and you couldn't get in there. And I did. Okay. Like, first of all, I should not be there. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I have just been running from damn near everything over there. But like, there's a lot of fucked up shit. Over there. Have you seen the guys like, with the four arms that, uh, arms, that, that no. do like the Cuisinart maneuver? Uh, Wait, those aren't the giant bug people centipede enemies that walk upright with spears, are they? Yes. Yeah. Maybe okay, they have yes. More I did them. see those guys. I yeah. sure didn't want to fight them. They, they kind of roam around in packs of three-ish, and they uh, some have poles uh, or uh, spears, and some have swords. So, uh, like, I basically just picked a direction and ran yeah. once I got to the point where I was like, man, fuck Margaret. I just don't want to do this anymore. Like, I'm yeah. either going to stop playing this game, or I'm going to go see what else is out there. And then it turned out that, like, so I, just, I went way to the east. Like, I did, did you find the village? There's, like, a flooded village. Like on the way there, you meet a guy. He's like, you know, abandon all hope. You enter here. Like, don't, Mm -hmm. if you value your life, turn back. I was like, well, I need to go see what that is. And it's like a little flooded village with a ghost boat floating around in it. That's a boss. No, no. So like, it's the thing we haven't really gotten into. I've been talking to uh, one of our friends that's been playing this as well. Who's a lot deeper in, like there are just bosses everywhere (laughs) in this game, like everywhere. And I don't mean market style. Like, that's why I was saying like, He's referred to as like a greater fiend or something mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. because most of the bosses are not on his level in terms of difficulty or sort of their place in the pantheon of the Elden Ring universe, right? There's like five lords and there's people like Margaret, I guess, who serve them. But then there are just bosses everywhere, like all the time. It's just bosses all the time in this game, like literally five different times as I've been running around the world. You just run into a clearing, and the next thing you know, there's a giant health bar on the screen, and like, oh, the guy just starts rising up out of nowhere. Like literally, there was oh, I guess there was a giant rotting zombie dragon lying in the grass here that I didn't see that is now taking up my entire screen. <laughs> I'm going to get the hell out of here, or like that village, you know, where I got there, and there's like literally like a little ghost guy in a ghost boat floating around <laughs> that became a boss fight that took me several tries. Like, it's just like I. I found a giant head and I mean a giant head like Zardoz like oh okay on wheels yeah with like a bellows in the back like an accordion looking engine thing and it was shooting fire out of three different orifices and driving around at me and it was bad it was bad thing I think it was an enemy I got out of there it's the only one of those I've seen but there's a lot of that out there there's a lot of oh that was the only one of those I've seen I found found a, a giant pot man stuck in a hole and he oh, was nice. Yes. Yeah, yes, he was, he was quite nice. Yeah, he wants to hit, hit him in the butt, butt a bunch of times yeah. to pop him out of that hole. Like, uh, there's just stuff everywhere like that. Yeah. Like, I haven't seen anything that is remotely the same twice. And, it, and, it, and it, I've been roaming a lot. I um, You got a starting gift in that game and like a boon that you can pick. And, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. This game was not out yet, so there's not really a lot to go look up. So I was like, all right, I'm going to pick, I played these games before. I'm going to, where's the thing that it says, I don't know what this actually does. Or where's the, where's the thing that's like unknown. What does this, you know, shard do? So I picked a key. It was like a key that was there and I had no idea what it did. And as soon as you start, there's a statue there. It's like, you want to insert some keys? And I was like, hell yeah, I picked the key. Let's go. And it opens up, it lowers this like fog door and you go in it and it's got, this one hit kill tractor that's basically running around 
and then uh, you make it to the bottom there, and there's a boss that I was like, I, you know, you hit those bosses like a couple of times, and you you note it, and you're squinting to see if you've done any damage to it to see if the red has come down a little bit. It was one of those affairs, and I was like. I think I just wasted my boon because I'm getting the hell out of here and I'm going to go somewhere else. And then at the round table, I noticed more of those doors with the keys and I was like, oh no. And I I had found another one and I used it and there was like a pretty good thing in the chest. It was a crossbow in a chest there. And then there was another one. I was out of keys and I was like, I should have saved my key. So now I need to go back and see if I could even damage that boss that I, uh, now that I have, now that I'm full, I get my beer muscles. Now that I've beaten, um, uh, that first, uh, demi boss let's say mm-hmm. uh i need to go back you're gonna have that. to have some kind of like classification system like some kind of you know like what phylum of boss <laughs> does this fall under because i feel like there are definitely a several tiers of bosses going on here like the the closest thing i have found to a kind of repeated side activity is there are i've only found two of these so far i'm sure there are more but there are these little kind of five ten minute throwaway dungeons that you find kind of in the sides mm. of cliffs and stuff like that and they all look the same they've all just got this like generic like tomb look to them with coffins and kind of mausoleum look everywhere but each one even each one of those has a unique boss at the end of it like totally unique like something that won't respond do we assume well right but it's got a name and a a health bar bar. and you get like something good for beating it and everything and like one of them was like a giant mechanical cat statue (laughs) okay um a very unlucky cat like doing stuff like you should absolutely just find and do as much of that stuff as you can because i keep getting great stuff like that's how i've gotten some of those better summons that i've got Mm. um talismans are kind of your standard just sort of like passive effect slot like i've gotten some pretty damn good talismans out of doing stuff like that like there's just like a good feedback loop of yeah roam around explore and see cool stuff do the stuff, get better upgrades out of it. That allows you to go roam around in harder areas and see even more cool stuff. You know what I mean? Definitely. Like, and if, like, well, sorry, go ahead. It's just, it, 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 it paves the way for you in a really nice way, you know, of just like, Oh, I, I ran across these dungeons. I didn't bother doing them, but then I actually went back because I was stuck on something else. And it's like, Oh wow. Like the, I got a talisman that heals me pretty substantially. Every time I do a critical hit or a backstab on somebody like that's huge. Like that is game changing. And, it, I, and I got it out of a, like a five minute little boss dungeon thing. I, I think, um, it, I think it, it bears, like if you've played these game before, maybe it seems obvious that, Hey, go out and go explore and go get the stuff. But if you're new to these types of games, and I feel like there will be a lot of new people coming to Elden ring. I think this is a pretty important thing to know that like turn around and go explore the other direction because, um, because it really does try to point you towards that boss pretty early on. Uh, and it's just, it, it doesn't, it points you towards that direction, but doesn't, doesn't give you enough feedback. I think for new players to say, if you're not ready, go explore. Like, like it, it feels know. like a trick in a way. Like and, it feels like them trolling you a little <laughs> bit and being like, okay, you wanted a path, like a, a, a golden path here. We are literally giving you a golden path, but you're going to run into this thing and you're going to realize very quickly that you do not have what it takes yet to just roll over this thing. I so actually, we're going to force you to think elsewhere. I actually had that thought whether they were actually, <laughs> there was some intentionality to the fact that they point you to what is probably the hardest part of the game right there at the start. That like, cause there are, um, I guess you'd call them like little energy currents that flow yeah. off of certain bonfires. Yeah. That yeah. Like straight up. It's like a breadcrumb like trail you, almost. Again, like literally a golden it. path. Yes, yeah. so like they yes, it quite literally is. And they very much tell you like three times at the beginning of the game, like, hey, these point you to where you should go. Yeah. 
And it just so happens that those first ones you find are pointing you right up at the super hard boss. Um, so so part, of the reason, part of the reason I didn't go explore more is because I just assumed like, well, if this first part is this hard, then I guess everywhere else I can go right now is even harder, right? Of course, that makes sense. But like, that's totally not the case. It's not the case. And I, and I think you know, maybe not anybody listening to this podcast because it's, pro- it's a self-selecting crowd of people who probably played a lot of these games. But these games come with that reputation of being very hard. And I, I, I can get a sense that like, oh, you're going to go up against this boss and just think you're not good enough to take on this game and kind of bounce off of it. But really, there's there's just more interesting stuff elsewhere. And these games and the Souls games had this. I suspect Bloodborne did. I just didn't get that far enough in it. Where you lose your you lose your upgrade points if you die twice. But there are so many things you don't lose. The weapons, the summons, mm-hmm. the um, they have um. Like the Souls games, they have uh, uh, souls in a crystalline form that you don't lose if you take them with you. So you're gonna find enough stuff, even if you even if you never reget recapture your souls, you're gonna find enough stuff in the world that makes your character more survivable just by finding it. And there are uh, so many trash mobs everywhere. There's so many, and like you know, um, and some of those bosses, or at least the things I fought drop a decent amount of souls and you can farm if you want and, and just kind of get yourself up a couple of levels to be more survivable. I, I, I hit that curve. It's, um, it's like this very nonlinear curve, right? Of, uh, you, everything is impossible at first and then you suddenly become way more survivable, but not in a linear fashion. Like you just, Mm -hmm. you just take more hits and you get better armor and you can carry more, uh, load and you can have better weapons. Have you swapped out your weapons yet? No, I'm still using the starting broadsword. I haven't found yeah. anything that I like better or that I even have the stats to use yet. Mm. I've like put I, like a few pieces of armor on that I've collected here and there, but also I'm rolling a bandit, so I'm kind of limited in what kind of armor I can use because if I put heavy stuff on, it kind of fucks over my ability to do what I need to do. But like, I've not found any weapons yet that were mm. like replaceable. I've, I, I've, I've found a decent number. I haven't put any points into strength or dex yet. I always like him and haw in these games about where <laughs> I want to build there yeah. because you never know what kind of weapons you're going to yeah. find. Right. It's like, Oh, I mean, it's the kind of the classic Uchi Katana yes. uh, mm-hmm. problem. Right. Of like, if I put a bunch of points into strength early on and then I find that badass dex weapon, then I'm never going to be able to use it, you know? And like, in fact, I have found an Ushigatana at this point. Uh, I, I'm playing in the Samurai. and uh, I, Oh, you are? Yeah, and so uh, I put a bunch of points into strength because I knew where yes. I was headed. So I already have... Oh, here, here's the thing that, again, it's not it's not a deal breaker. It's just a frustrating thing. Um, a lot of the controls you'll be familiar with if you're coming to these games. I t- went through all the tutorial stuff, and I just forgot how for like a solid 10 minutes how to dual hand a weapon. It's like, but because it's a weird button combination. It's a little arcane trying to figure that out. I think it's, it's a little bit different in this one. You have to hold triangle <laughs> and, and then, then hit the, the button. Yeah. Corresponds which, to the item you want to wanna use. Yeah. You want a two hand like before, I think it was just hit, hit or hold triangle. So you have to hold um, it. And I was like, I was like, gosh, I know it's, <laughs> I know it's hold one of these buttons and like I'm using potions. I'm, ta- I'm swinging constantly. I just couldn't find it. Um, but I, it's it makes it more important because there are weapon abilities that change whether you're using a two-handed version or a one-handed version and so the on my katana the it's a super slick move where he puts it in a sheath and then like quickly takes it out if you're using two hands but if you're using one hand he just does the parry with the shield so i am constantly switching back and forth two-handed one-handed 
Um, yeah, what that what that is is that that is the that basically corresponds to the armaments system. Mm-hmm. Like L two or left trigger is your armament for whatever it is you are quote unquote wielding with that hand. <laughs> but if you know if you're if you're sword and shielding it, then then obviously you've just got a shield in that hand. So like parry quote unquote is your armament right. at that moment. Um, uh, but the but the armaments come from those ashes of war we were talking about. Right. That's where you can put like you can put a stomp on that'll like push all the enemies back or you can do like a blood spray out of your sword or like a holy attack like there's a bunch of stuff like that and those can just be mixed and matched and swapped out whenever you feel like it no currency no nothing it's just like go to a bonfire and change your armament you know like that that feels like the kind of thing that traditionally they've been like oh you know like burn a burn a you know effigy of so and so yeah if you want to change the thing on this weapon then you'll only be able to do it three times throughout the game or something like that but like you can just experiment with those attacks as much as you want. They they are kind of limited to you know certain ones, obviously for certain weapons. Like you can't just put like a shield bash on a sword, obviously. Right. But um, yeah, that's weird. I I bought one, but I never equipped it. I didn't realize you could do them at the bonfire for free. I also assumed yes. that it was would cost me something. I, I, yes, I also avoided engaging with that <laughs> system for a long time because with my soul's history, I just yeah. assumed like, well, I'm not going to get a lot of chances to do this. I better wait until yeah. I'm sure. But then some friends told me it's like, no, you can just swap out armor whenever you feel like it and I was Dude. like shit and that's actually that was a big part of me beating Margaret finally is that I put bleed on my sword oh okay and then like I would pop the bleed effect on him three or four times over the fight and do like huge amounts of damage so uh, I, I am having a lot of fun the horse is nice Horse, you get very early Dude, on. It gets you I around that map. The horse, yeah. Dude, what, what are you doing? What? I, because I'm an idiot again. <laughs> I've just been in that opening area for the most part. And again, I, I, I briefly turned on the horse just to like prove that I, I could summon it. But I have not ridden it anywhere wow. or done anything with it yet. Oh, you've got to. Wow. I mean, a it gets you places like five times faster. It's very fast. But also, like the the mounted combat like trivializes a lot of combat encounters. Like you can really <laughs> just like toy with. A lot of the fodder the enemies, fodder enemies even, yeah. even some of the bigger ones, you can really like those those giant dudes with the swords like you were talking about, yeah. like the guy that jumps down from the cliff. Like I could kill one of those guys in like two minutes now by just circling around him with the horse and just taking pot shots. Yeah, I th- yes, it, it's fun, though. They do the we, we did talked about it in a network test. They kind of do a right side of the body, left side of the or horse thing. That's just yeah. kind of fun. Mm-hmm. The, the turning radius is tuned in a way that makes it a little difficult to just spin around an enemy uh, and just kind of take them out. Also, you, there's a decent knockback from some enemies when you get hit yeah. while you're on the horse. That'll you stagger can, you or get rid of the horse. You can definitely get stun locked uh, while you're on the horse just based on the way it reacts to things. I've started jumping um, off. Is there a quick dismount for the horse or do you have to unsummon yeah, click, it? Click right uh, left stick. Okay. Yeah, I've, right I've started stick? jumping off for enemies. Um, there's also... The backstab seems there's a front stab too. I don't know if you've noticed the encountered the front stab. You you get um when you get certain enemies in kind of a knockdown state when you break their yeah, you poise. Break their poise, yeah. Um there's a good front stab now. You don't have to go behind them. You just kind of stab them in the chest. And, you oh, know, but I love backstabbing so much. <laughs> right. So like getting that like I said, getting that talisman that now heals me for like a big chunk of my health bar every time I do that is fucking huge. You know, like there's so much stuff out there you can find that just dramatically changes the way the game plays i think i think my thing is like it is it is a game that still demands from you oh absolutely and and so um i think that's where i'm at just kind of okay i'm playing this and i see it i see where you are i want to get back to horizon and i want to keep moving forward there and so i'm Hmm. playing i'm playing this and being like you're it's like having a new friend right it's like you're gonna ask a lot from me 
I can't deal with you right now. I want to. I want to go wrap this thing up. You're, you're kind of a lot, Elden Ring. I mean, I love you, but like, <laughs> you're, you're kind of a lot. You're kind of very needy, and like, you're gonna. It's one of those games where if I feel like if I put that thing down for about an hour, my skills are going to atrophy. It's going <laughs> to be harder to come back to. See, I'm kind of having the opposite response, which is that the thing I've always loved about these games and that I've always wished I could engage with more just because I don't really enjoy playing them is the aesthetics, the vibes, the, the mm. story, the characters, the art design, like all that stuff. And it's that's all present here, but it's being done in a presentation that I think is a little bit more attuned to my sensibilities, which is big, dumb, open world game. Obviously, it's their version of that. And it's not the cookie cutter thing that a lot of like the Ubisoft style ones tend to be where it's like icon barf everywhere and them just like handholding every aspect of it. And it is tough. And I, I do think that there is probably a point where I will hit a wall and I will say, maybe this is not for me anymore. But I'm much more interested in this one and certainly much more interested in, in what Horizon is doing just because it does feel novel and different in its approach to that style of game. Whereas Horizon is just a finely tuned version of that thing I have played six dozen times over the last decade, which, again, I'm not saying there's like some huge knock on it or whatever. Like, that's what the original Horizon was. That's what they are, you know, striving for. But, you know, I would just say something with the aesthetic sensibilities of an Elden Ring and maybe just a little <laughs> bit more of the difficulty tuning of a Horizon yeah. might be the perfect <laughs> video game for me. Although the good news is, like, it's so open and you've got, you yeah. know, it's Stealth is a bigger deal. You can crouch and creep yeah. around and lose enemies. Like, oh, I'm doing that a, constantly. Yeah, you can jump, which feels like like wrong every time I do it. Still <laughs> in a game like this, yeah. like it literally feels like somebody hacked a like I'm, I put a jump mod into this game or something. Like it shouldn't be there, but like a lot more maneuverability, a lot bigger spaces to maneuver around. Like you can kind of just run from stuff. You can kind of circle around a lot of stuff. Like you really. There are apparently can, some things that will outrun even your horse, though, I will say. Yeah, Those, they're, I, I, they're not I constant, that. but they are out there. I believe that, but I have definitely pushed like pretty deep into lands that I should not be in just because I can't stop going and seeing what else is there because it's just constantly surprising you with stuff. And like, I had I had a moment last night when I was like, it was like late and I was roaming around the plague lands and I had seen like my fifth, like, what the fuck it just happened thing in the space of 20 minutes where I was like, you know what? I bet. I bet Alex is the type of dude who just likes to get baked and roam around in a video game and see a bunch of weird shit and go like, wow. And I mean, this is, this, I wasn't going to put it that way, but you're yeah. not wrong. You were like, super I, not wrong. Like, like it just hit me that like this game is that like, yeah, it's setting aside the demanding difficulty part of it is just like, like just go and wander. And like, you were going to see so much bizarre stuff. Like those, those big dudes that we keep talking about with the swords. I went all the way South this morning. I found like on the road, a giant caravan with two of those dudes like pulling this giant carriage, like a huge ass, like regal looking carriage with a whole like retinue of soldiers and guards kind of bringing up the rear behind it. And it's like, I mean, a, I'm nowhere near strong enough to actually go near that and get them aggroed. But like, but also it was just like, dude, what is that shit? Like I've been yeah. fighting those guys all over the place, but now here, now here they are like doing like grunt labor, pulling some kind of like, who knows what carriage, like what is going on? You know what I mean? Definitely. Like, yeah. Like, like I was like, what is that? And like, I said the same thing about breath of the wild back when that came out. Like I have a kind of like, what is that thing for video mm -hmm. games where it's like the more a game makes me just go like, what is that? Like the better it is, like the more I like it. Right. The and I think the, what is that's in here are grabbing me much more than the, than the, what is that's in breath of the wild, which I, again, breath of the wild is a game I admired a lot more than I enjoyed. And I did not get super deep into it because I think 
the sheer openness of it and also its reliance on we're just going to spend you're going to spend a lot of time on mechanics puzzle dungeons yeah just kind of did not super do it for me but this is hitting me a lot harder it's it's more of a an abstract like discoverability thing is mm-hmm. where i think the comparison holds up there it's because the games are very different like breath of the wild is much more about like improvisational yes you know gameplay emergent game mechanics emergent solutions stuff like that this is much more like you play this like a souls game but it's more of the breadth of kind of content. I hate to use the word content, but like, <laughs> but it totally is. Like the content feels bespoke in in just like about every, every single, corner of the world. Like every location I go to, like the enemies are different, the drops are different, the level design is different, like the the scenery is different. Like there are weird NPCs all over the place with weird stuff to to say and have you do. There's like switches and buttons and statues and all kinds of stuff to interact with all over the place, and none of that has been the same. Like, it's just constantly serving you new weird stuff. And I, I know I'm kind of repeating myself here, but you kind of have to, like, immerse yourself in, in it to really appreciate how, how like, wildly kind of unique and, and, and deep it feels. I, th- I think that's exact. I think you're exactly right. I feel the same way. I, I think that's probably why I'm, in my brain, I want to I wanna set it aside for a bit until I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, until kinda, you can really dig in. It, yeah. It feels like the kind of game you could play nothing else for three months. Yeah, just- like. Spend I, all your time playing it, this game. I, it will it will be a thing if I keep going on this while we just not touch Horizon until you know. Right. It, so or I think anything. I want to. I think Horizon feels. I think Alex, like you said, Horizon feels much more along the path. You know, mm-hmm. like hey, I can get through Horizon. I know what's in the. I know what's off to the side. It's a side. Nothing quest. in Horizon is going to throw you like a real screwball. Yeah, you know? like, like it's just kind. Of, it knows what it is, and it is doing that. Horizon like you could probably finishing Horizon probably could be a tight twenty to thirty hours if you just mainlined but, the story quests and and some side stuff. Like you, you know what that game is. Yeah, like, like Horizon. And I, and I have no. And after ten hours, Elden Ring, I have no idea what this game is. Horizon feels like an open world in a way that like driving across the country on the highway feels like an open world, right? Like you're mm-hmm. going along the highway, and you know what all the you know the there's going to be a McDonald's here. You know, this is a red Robin. You know what this is off and Elden ring just doesn't have a road. Like it is just, it's just no road and you're just like off to go. And that to me is really exciting, but also challenging. It's like a challenging mental thing of just, okay, go ahead. And it's like, where, 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 where should I go? I don't know. Wherever you want. And that's, it's kind of awesome in a way, and I'm not trying to knock it. It just it takes up a lot of mental space. Yes, totally. Uh, like I, this is a game that you're gonna want to concentrate on as a main thing if you're really gonna dig into it. Uh, I had uh, here's just a kind of um, fun story for those for those who are playing. I, I I too was like using my old Souls brain and aggroed an enemy. It was one of those guys on horseback. I forget what they call them. The big um, uh, spirit of the tree or something. I forget what they're mm-hmm. the big guys. Those big that are night on, looking guys. Yeah, the big night looking guys. And I aggroed one and I was like, oh, I'm going to try and fight him. Oh, I cannot fight this guy. Let me go run into this shelter and I'm just going to leash this enemy. I'm going to go drink a potion. <laughs> I run into the shelter. Dude comes through the wall. There's destructible environments in it. It breaks through the wall and destroys the entire shelter that I was in and kills me. And that was kind of awesome. Like just, I figured, okay, he can't fit through the doorway. I'm totally mm-hmm. safe in here. And then just the entire side of the building comes down as this guy charges through and kills me. And that was kind of awesome. It's a death that you don't mind dying to because it right. was just so rad. I got to, in the Plaguelands area, I got to this village that was full of, well, not full of, there were a few, like, rotting zombie-type enemies that were very slow, but took a ton of hits to kill, right? Like, they're not that dangerous, but just a ton of health, right? Mm -hmm. Or or high damage resist, whatever it is. I killed, like, a handful of those here and there, like, one-off, 
And then I fought like three of them in this little barn. And I killed those guys. And then I just happened to spin the camera around and there were like 30 more of them standing right there. Like, I have no idea where they came from, but it was like, I've never seen this many enemies together in a Souls game in one place at once before. Literally like 30 of these zombies shambling toward me. Did they me. get you? And I, I, I got the hell out of there because they're uh. not that fast, but I was like, should I fight this? Where the fuck did these things come from? You know, it was just like, yeah. it was just another one of those like just endless little what the hell moments. So like, yeah. where did this come? What is going on here? Like, it just... I found an item that whose entire function, as far as I can tell, is to say hello. Huh. Have you found that? No. No, I don't think I have. Like, it literally, the description literally just says, like, says hello or something, and then you use it, and it literally just goes, hello. <laughs> it's a distraction it's, little, it's like a little skull you just hold up when you hit the button, and it says, it probably does something wild. I have no okay. idea what. Like, these games have always had a little bit of weird mystery off to the side, you know? It's oh, like, a lot, I would say. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot, but it was like, you know, like like cutting off the gargoyle's tails or mm-hmm. like, the, you know, the painted world and stuff like that. But like, this this feels like it, they, they turned that dial all the way up. Like the the just weird mystery and little stuff hidden all over the place. Like, yeah. it, it's just everywhere in this world, and it's like so endlessly fascinating to explore it. I, I, for, I continually tried to chop the tail off of that boss. Yep. I yep. I never got it. You don't, you don't put a tail, you don't put a big tail on a boss in these games and not expect people to try to cut the tail off. At some point I was just like, I just need to, I just need to beat this boss. Uh, and then I spent the next couple of hours trying to beat that boss. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I, I think I, I'm not totally sold on it yet just because of some of the, some of the early choices. And I, I have always had that situation with these games. They're, they're difficult. And for me, particularly, I mean, listen, I know they're not difficult for some people for me, they're difficult. And so the curve is very steep. Um, but I always hit that point where, um, or I usually hit the point if I stick with them long enough where you become, the world becomes manageable and, and you, you, you feel okay. I just, I'm kind of with you, Brad. I love the, I don't, I didn't love as much as other people did the breath of the wild open world. But this one has a very stranger in a strange land. Everything is dangerous. I should not be here. Mm-hmm. Um, vibe to it. That breath yeah. of the wild does not have like breath of the wild is cartoony and it has like, yeah. you know, enemies yeah, that Nintendo. are tough. This had, this is like, if you got caught, you may be flayed inside and out and hung on a post kind of thing. And, you know, it's not going to happen really, but that world just seems so bad. It's very hostile to your existence. You just seem like you're creeping around the bowels of hell constantly and being like, I really yeah. shouldn't be here. I'm going to get on my spectral horse and just try and r- rice out of here as like seven things are chasing from behind me. Uh, and I think the fast travel thing that they put in is such a good choice because otherwise I would never leave that area. Right? I wouldn't go too far from one because... I would be too nervous to, to never get back, you know, get stuck out there. I mean, the, the other comparison I would make, and this is like basically the highest compliment I can pay this game is that it's giving me some of the same feelings of circa 2004 world of Warcraft, like in terms mm-hmm. of the feeling of like really interesting, massive lands to go explore and like a sense of place and a, and a feeling of discovery. And you know what I mean? Like, like I've been chasing that high ever since World of Warcraft came out, and very little can accomplish that in this day and age. And this is probably the closest thing I have played. And like that's that's kind of huge for me. So, so you're saying it's time for From to make an MMO? God, that, I don't even don't say things like that. I said it. I'm manifesting it. Um. So you, you think you're gonna? This is the one you're gonna uh, put back in your your I the cart. You're gonna keep in. Like I said, though, it's like. 
I feel like I could be playing this for like a good chunk of the rest of the year, potentially. Yeah. Like I, 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 I wish I had saved the tweet. I think I saw IGN's reviewer saying that it took them 87 hours to finish. Oh, wow. That's about right. Which is and they like, had a week to do it. I should point that out. Uh, <laughs> and, that's, and that's presumably not doing everything that they could do, just like what they felt they needed to do to finish it and review it, right? So like, who knows how big this thing is? I, um, like, I, I don't know. It doesn't feel like the kind of thing I want to focus on and like min-max and mainline. It's the kind of thing that I want to like chip away at slowly over a very long time. I want to play well, it at least a with couple other times games. a week. Like, right. Like, I kind of just want to keep playing it in the background for a very long time as, as I play other stuff. Yeah, if this is my I play this throughout the year game, I think I can I, I think I can make my way through it. I think if I were to sit there and try and play like four hours a night, I would burn out on it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's yes, that's kind of what it is, is like those pain points are still very painful, right? Like yeah. beating beating Margaret was a pain in the ass and like I don't think you can binge this game too much unless you're just like amazingly good at souls games or have an amazingly high tolerance for like repetition and failure. So like a thing that I come back to regularly is kind of how I feel like I'm going to approach this. I I like, I think I like the longer sessions with it, but I just need, I need to clear. I want to clear the plate a bit for, for this mm-hmm. one. I, I like, I, again, um, uh, well, let's, let's take another break and come back and uh, talk about, um, the rest of what's going on here. But, um, I think, I think it's a heck of a game so far. And again, I'm not super, super deep into it. I'm just, I don't know if I'm as bought in as as maybe you are, Brad, or or I don't know, Alex. You, you seem like it's, it's, I'm not all in, but I have raised my bet. Mm. Yeah, it's it's weird. I mean, if we had had this discussion 24 or especially <laughs> right. 48 hours ago, I would have had very different things to say mm. about this game. Like, yeah, extremely different. Like it was breaking out of that soul's mold and just making myself go engage with the game where it wants you to meet it. Yeah, is what is what made it actually start clicking for me. Yeah, i I think I think people are going to be pleasantly surprised with how some of that open world stuff plays out once they engage with it. Yeah. Uh, but, it, but I think it's it doesn't necessarily give you that out of the gate, but um, I'm sure that's something that people will get to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> in, in very characteristically from fashion, they kind of make you work for it. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit, but you know that this is also, we're playing pre-release and you know, the zeitgeist out there, I'm sure everybody's going to be saying, go out and explore. And, and yeah, it's actually, now that you mentioned it, it's like the kind of game that almost makes me sad. Like we don't work in an office anymore because it is a hundred percent the kind Water of game cooler where game. Everybody comes in after a night of playing it and is all just super hot to talk about all yeah. the weird stuff they found and you know swap stories, come share notes, like collectively, communally try to figure stuff out. There will be plenty of YouTube videos of if they're not up already. All right, should we take a quick break? Come back and uh, get through the rest of the game stuff. All right, stick around. We'll be right back. This week's show is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Alex Navarro, Brad Shoemaker. You're not going to walk out of the house naked, right? Not if I can help it. You're going to put your VPN on first. Yeah, of course. Of course. One leg at a time, like I always do. (laughs) ExpressVPN is the easiest way to browse safely, securely, and just better. I just use ExpressVPN. I was away on a trip. I've had ExpressVPN for a couple of years here. When I got on that hotel Wi-Fi, I slipped right into ExpressVPN. One click, very easy. Get in there, and then I was able to access the internet, let's say. Yeah. What, what are you doing on that vacation there? I was. I had to access my GitHub account, uh-huh. and I was doing yes. some coding. And then I'm sure. I, 
I've used my ExpressVPN and then VPNed into my home computer. Likely story. Uh-huh. And then uh, I watched, uh, you know, I watched uh, some videos, uh, you know, and it's That's fast That's what enough. they all it's say. It's got great speeds. It was connected very easily. I was even able to stream in HD problemless on the hotel Wi-Fi. And they didn't know it. They didn't know a damn thing. Says here you can connect to ExpressVPN and you won't even realize you have it on, which I can vouch for. It's pretty seamless. So right now, go to expressvpn.com slash nextlander and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash nextlander to get three extra months of ExpressVPN. expressvpn.com slash nextlander. Thanks, ExpressVPN. All right, and we're back, and we're going to talk a little bit about Horizon, uh, Forbidden West, <laughs> dude. And we're gonna we're gonna get into some spoiler stuff here. So, um, we've all played past a, a couple of story beats. This is fairly well early on ish. I would say this is probably one of the big story beat turning points. And so, if you haven't played it yet, or you haven't gotten up to this point, skip this part because this is going to be. Uh, spoiler base, and I'll put it in the notes too here. Yeah, what what we're going to talk about is essentially everything up through the end of the Death's Door mission, which is the first big story mission after you get into the Forbidden West. But it, um, uh, but it's worth talking about because it's it's pretty wild, and I, I kind of want to. It's kind of the moment where it. the game actually lays all his cards out and right. is like, okay, yes. here's what you're going to be doing for the rest that of is, this that time. Is, that is 100 two things I've, I wanted. To, first of all, the thing I was laughing about is like that's the story mission that we started to do in the stream we did last week, yeah. mm-hmm. and like. <laughs> I almost wish we had finished it just to get our live reactions as we uh, saw where that story was going to go. I mean, there would have been major spoilers there for, for well, yeah, everybody. But, but I mean, Alex is not wrong, though. Like, this is what the game is actually about. Yes. It just takes all, quite a while to get there. But the other thing I was going to say is I cannot believe they went there. <laughs> I, can, I cannot believe that's what this game is actually about. I love it. I, I, uh, so, were, so again, spoiler stuff. We're just going to jump spoiler, right in. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler right yeah. here, right now. Yeah. yeah. Early, early game, like it's, I mean, it's weird because it's like, you know, if you We're not saying the what the that, ending is, but. No, 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 no. That's what I mean. It's like, it's kind of, like you said, it's setup stuff. It's where the game fully lays out what it's actually going to be about. Yeah. And like there are elements, like, for example, the fact that Carrie Ann Moss has a role in this game mm. where if you had looked at the name of the character she was playing prior to this game coming out, like you could have put two and two together on some stuff and kind of seen where they were going to go with this stuff. But at the same time, I cannot believe this is where they decided to go. So, uh, so yeah, so we, we ended the stream last time and we're just going to get into it here. We ended that stream with basically thinking, I thought, okay, this game is going to be about going to go track down, um, uh, an alternate, uh, backup of Gaia and Hades is going to be the big bad, uh, along with silence who is going to be kind of, um, a turncoat, right? Like this kind of d- d- double agent. And we're going to, I can't believe we're going to fight Hades again. This is ridiculous. This is kind of, kind of cliche zone. I really hope this, I hope this isn't uniting the three tribes to go get Hades, right? Is basically what mm-hmm. it sounded like. And then it, it, on that story beat, you go and you find Hades and I loved that part. Like you go and you interface with Hades and it's this pathetic, like wisp of an AI that is just on its last legs that you know, maybe- like he just acts like a huge wet bitch. <laughs> like he's just like, fuck you. I, I, I don't, I'm not telling you anything. Fuck you. And, and it's just like, you're like, uh, you're kind of like, are you all right? It's like, uh, 
I'm he's not, not all right. I'm, to I'm be not fair. all right. And you're like, what happened? I don't know what happened. I my memory banks are all corrupted. Well, who did this well, did to you? you? I don't really did know. Did you read the? Oh well, it's it's in that. There's a log. You you were streaming, so you might have might not have gone back and read it after the fact. But there's a log as you work your way up to that point. That silent. It's a it's a very detailed rundown day by day of what silence did to Hades. And oh how yeah, it got yeah. That way. Like, like, yeah. Know, like interrogated. It's interrogated. Death, yes. Yeah. Uh, silence has done very 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 bad things apparently to. Um, to Hades, but you you destroy Hades in that moment, and you you are for all intents and purposes, Hades is out of the picture, and uh, Silence is like, okay, great. Now you go into this door and go get Gaia, and let's finish up this game. Because uh, here's a here's a, Hades said there's a, a some Gaia juice in here, a backup of Gaia. This is basically the testing facility where they were running um, iterative tests on Gaia. There's got to be some backups in there. Let's do it. Uh, and you go through that facility, and then at the end of that facility, as you're getting Gaia and realizing, oh, okay, this part is still kind of all right. Like you're getting Gaia, it's it's not all of Gaia that needs the other AIs to really make a full Gaia. And I was still like, okay, yeah, this it's okay. literally missing executables. Yeah, and you're like, oh, I gotta go get. Was it Minerva? You gotta go get right. And Minerva literally the first have to go. One. You yeah. literally have to roam the world collecting yeah. the other AIs, which I'm not sure that I love. But, yeah, and it's like, okay, here we go. This makes sense. Here's the story. But then the door opens up, and who walks in? But future... Fucking future <laughs> space people. Future, like the three... With super space machines. I think you said, Alex, like General Zod basically yeah, walks dude. in. Yeah, like, like it was absolutely... I, I also thought about the General Zod thing. Like, it is super that. It is like... like it it, it kind of it starts veering into almost camp territory a little bit oh not almost <laughs> not it, it is all the way there yeah so like, it's like three kryptonians walk in with a clone of aloy uh another clone of aloy uh i'm gonna say probably or, teenaged yeah another clone of dr sobek yeah yeah uh and they're like you know who is who is not who's obviously like subvert subservient to these like uh the kryptonians or whatever the future people and right. it's kind of been like um scrubs or like a you know like a gown and like what do they call it? like subject something something go get go get I think the, they call uh, her they, beta they, they oh, refer beta. to her as beta yeah. yeah and she's got a kind of a childlike quality to her yeah and she's like oh and she spots aloy and then there's some great knuckle cracking as like zod meathead starts to engage with space magic like against you in this Jason Voorhees esque fight, where he will not run, just walk oh, around. Clear, it's not Zod that in, interacts with you. It's the big beefy guy with the beard equivalent that it's starts the enforcer. At, yeah. Well, right, guy. the enforcer guy. Not that yeah. there's there's a, there's a Zod's Lex too busy. Lex Luthor esque guy, and then uh, uh, another woman there too. Yeah, uh, who was Gary Ann Moss? That is so, so funny. That whole thing. And so, uh, who are are those? The guys that went off in the rocket ship? Yes. So, so like this is why this blows my mind. As I, I mentioned before, I've been kind of down a rabbit hole of just reading lore mm-hmm. about Horizon since since this game came out. Like going back to like five years ago, you know, like forum threads from literally two weeks after the game came out, just reading people talking about the story just for a refresher. There were people then, two weeks after the first game came out, saying. Oh, wouldn't it be so cool in the sequel if you find out that the Odyssey didn't actually explode when it was leaving the solar system, like Dr. Sobek said it did, Mm. that actually they survived, and what if the second game is like hyper-advanced future humans descended from the Odyssey coming to take the Earth back? (laughs) So that's exactly what it is, right? And that's exactly what it is. Yeah. 100%. 
It is straight up. They are doing an, a new world colonialism, <laughs> but it's old world people coming back and saying, yeah. we need to wipe the slate clean so we can take back our planet. So, I mean, if you read the text logs leading up to that story reveal, like the uh, the head of the Odyssey Project, the Far Zenith organization that put basically in, in tandem with Zero Dawn, there was this other effort to right. send a generation ship to another star and colonize another planet like they were trying to roll multiple attempts at saving humanity simultaneously. Um, the head of that project is named Tilda, who is the character that Carrie on Carrie and Moss plays, who shows up in that cutscene. So, like, either but, they have been either they have been cloning themselves for a thousand straight years, or they they're functionally immortal now. Yeah, that's the only thing I'm not sure about is whether this is a we were in cryostasis up to a certain point. And then we decided to wake up and send this quote unquote mysterious signal, which is clearly just some kind of virus that is supposed to send the system into over overload. Or are these just like weird clones or did they just beat death? I think I, th I mean, I think it, it, it's pretty necessary that they've been up and about for a thousand years just because of look at, you know, look at the level of technology they're working with. Right. Like that, very, that stuff is such space magic. It very much reads as like, <laughs> here is, here is modern humanity plus another thousand years of technological development. So I guess the only question left at this point is why did they wait so long? Well, I think, yeah, I think I it is, I mean, uh, you'll I probably find that out. Yeah. yeah but, I'm sure they will. But I, I, two things that are interesting to me narratively, one, it makes the intro of that game make so much more sense for that setup of, oh, okay, you need to set up this whole project again because they're coming back and you need to reinforce that these are all just um, rich people that got on this ship. So all the stuff yes. you find in that first intro area it oh, sets right. that all up of yeah. like, oh, they show off the unlaunched shuttle. Yeah, I, I forgot. There is like literal dialogue on the nose line of dialogue yes. from Aloy at one point where she's reading about that project where she's like, she's like, oh, they were trying to preserve humanity. They just yes. want to save themselves. That's you know? right. Yeah, it's Elysium. They're just doing Elysium, yes. yeah. but like yeah. with on a much grander, larger time scale. So right. all that time spent there now is like, oh, okay, this is why we spent all that time. And we're like, we're hitting it with the sledgehammer of like, mm -hmm. oh, you're selling seats for funding and they kick off somebody, right? Doesn't, doesn't they, they kick off the founder at some point or something to be like, yeah, the guy who's in the holograms oh, the, at the it's, beginning. It's, yeah. It's their hype man. It's yeah. their kind of public face. They're like, oh, we need to deal with it. So them. which makes me think I I wonder if there's gonna be some backdoor that that guy wrote that's gonna be the thing that's like oh uh if they are cloning themselves there's some kind of um what's the, what's the one they have in jurassic Park? Some like lysine deficiency or something that can uh uh kind of end everybody there so i wonder if he'll be the one that you find his ai there's that and then there's the part where um you know it's <laughs> it's very silly but it's the silly i kind of like from like you mix and match like it's so far the other side of the coin from what they do with the reemergence of it's too shotgun blast right there's no mm -hmm. subtlety so it's no. what they, it's what they do with the reemergence of humanity and how how shotgun loud siren they go with like okay look look at the the primitive nature of humanity over here and the other side is literally like plastic suits uh like people wearing plastic uh coming home like the only thing that was missing was that like bubble glass helmet on somebody with like a fog machine or something in it because it was like really that buck rogers-esque um mm -hmm. looking uh aesthetic which i just loved i, I, I do i, do, I kind of i like the visual design aspect of that because i think like future tech that is that future should look very exotic and weird and not like grounded in anything we know. And they, you know, like they literally look like they're wearing like tinfoil suits, you know? like it's like <laughs> so tinfoil, like body suits, like yes. it's weird shit. 
it's, like that stuff is cool, but I'm with you. It is extremely unsubtle. And like, I don't know that I, I don't know if I'm sold on this direction because I feel like the first game just barely managed to walk that line successfully of like, like describing some extremely outlandish sci-fi magic shit, mm-hmm. but grounding it enough to make it believable. And this feels like it may have pushed like way <laughs> past that line into again, just like, like straight camp. But that's the thing is that I just I don't think subtlety is this game and this studio's strong suit. I just don't think they have that in them. And in this case, just straight up doing a we are taking back taking this land from this indigenous culture, these current indigenous cultures, just so that we can you know pave over it and bring our future society back home. Stuff like it's so. Like you said, hammer to the skull. Like it is yeah, just the most it, obvious fucking. Like, yeah, like once they, those people show up, it is the most obvious goddamn thing in the world, which also makes it me a little bit frustrated because the game spins its wheels for so long to get to that point. <laughs> and I understand why they did it. I understand why they needed to have some build up to it. But they are literally, they are literally funding warlords to create unrest among the different indigenous societies so that they can more easily swoop in and take the land back. Like it's just. It's you. It's <laughs> I. God. It's uh, I love it. It's it's so. If if they wanted to add any subtlety, they would have set up in that early part that like, oh, this is there is a humanitarian effort also in this initiative, so that you would have some regrets about or some questioning as the main character of like, well, do we need to share that like. Do we need to make room? This is humanity's other attempt here and they're coming back, but they make it so cold that like, oh, these are just the capitalists that left while Earth, everybody else was here struggling and they're just coming back to buy the planet again. The only thing they could have done to make it more obvious is to literally put them in conquistador outfits. (laughs) It's like, I don't know. We'll see where it goes, but to be that's a propellant I needed for that game to kind of launch me to keep going. And I really want to see, I want to see where it ends up. Obviously I think they're, you're not necessarily going to arms wide open, welcome everybody in, but I don't know. We'll see. I like for them to at least have not gone the path that I thought they were going to go, which was, Hey, uh, you need to go get to the head of each one of these clans. And this one needs to go, um, fix the windmill. And this one needs you to go do this. And then they're going to give you your support. And then you're well, going to, you are going to do some of that, but you're, I mean, yeah, you're definitely I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure there's some of that. And, and there's also the, you have to roam the land collecting all the other AIs that have been scattered around. Yeah. Like, I, that stuff, I bet I, they I won't let you make you do all of them. Like that's I too bet much. They will. All I still of them? like, I, I just, I don't love that sci-fi magic aspect of like, like I enjoyed talking to Hades, for example, but I did not like the sort of, digital fugue state that you went into to do it. You know what I mean? Your Assassin's Creed, Resquian Pache. Yes, exactly. Like the second you're going inside like weird animus reality. Yeah. Like it's just kind of, it's too much for me. You know, it's like that. That's what I mean about the original game felt just ground. Like that premise was also pretty ridiculous. Like, Mm. okay. Yeah, sure. They conceived an entire like pantheon of digital gods in 18 months under duress as the world was ending. Like, sure they did, but like they just managed to sell it just barely, just barely. Yeah. Without it being ridiculous, but in this, like, it's again, it feels like it's veering very much into just like, oh, these AIs can just do whatever they want now. They can just like, like a digital consciousness can just exist in the air now. You know, like it can just yep. float around and do whatever it wants. Like, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But we'll I see how it like goes. Like, I, I am, I am okay with the. 
like again the the camp stuff i like that camp in that direction at least it's more palatable to me than some of the other like the <laughs> the weird stuff of people just wearing uh uh trinkets over their eyes and stuff like that is was more off-putting than the like plastic suits and like maybe hopefully somebody will wear a clear plastic tie uh, at some point because that would also be very futury and you know what what it's saying any technology you don't understand might as well be magic basically so like maybe they're so advanced we just don't even understand uh how how they sent this ai uh ai sentience signal up i kind of want i'm a little curious to go see what all the other ais are doing maybe they're uh maybe one of them's like I don't know. I just kind of woke up and boy, it's a mess out here. I don't know. It's, it's interesting hope, enough to keep going. I hope I'm wrong, but I just, I don't know that I have the faith that this game has the chops to tell that story in a way, uh, especially without like leaving the unexamined irony of them literally dressing all their characters up in outfits inspired by actual indigenous cultures. I don't, I think the first game didn't have that necessarily either. So, uh, yeah, I th- no, I think, I'm not saying this is a new problem. Yeah. I'm just saying that like with the direction they're going, I feel like there is going to be a bit of a divide there in terms of like, how thoughtful are you actually about this? I like horizon to me has always had a visual problem. Like they're, yes. they're, they're creative, pro- especially on yeah. the creative side. Yes. Yeah. Like they're, I mean, not technically, I think yeah. just in terms of like, trying to square the circle on what they're doing and like i get what you're trying to say half the time this looks like something i shouldn't be looking at you know like or half the time i feel like i should be like "Mm, i'm not really sure this is working the way you intend this to work um so i i don't know that's i think that's why i'm a little happier to see the future stuff come in and move away from some of that other stuff i want to go get me in a shuttle Get me on that space station as quickly as possible is my thing. Like, get me blast off. Let's go. Aloy in space. Uh, I'm going to go put me in a plastic suit. Uh, updated thoughts on Horizon. Yes. Um, Didn't, did not think they would go there. No. Like I really I really just, when I, again, when I saw all those people, like, wish casting what they wanted the next game to be, I was like, ah, that seems a little too ridiculous to make the exploding, you know interstellar colonization efforts into a red herring and actually make it the basis of the next game. Like, ah, let's just assume let's take that at face value. Yeah. Let's just take that plot beat at face value that it, it did in fact explode. That We're might be a little be too there. absurd. And then yet here we are. But when you got there and you saw it, did you also have the reaction I had? It was like, there was no other way this could have possibly been. There <laughs> I was guess no other right. direction. They actually could have gone in with this. I guess, I guess you're, you know what? I guess you're right. Cause like I went into this thinking like, Oh, that first game wrapped up really well. I don't yeah. know that I need another one. So they certainly found a new angle for the story. I will thank you, Vinny, for forcing me to sit there and play that section because now I feel like, okay, <laughs> even if I did never pick up that right. game again, I at least know where it was going. That's right. That's how I feel like, well, I want to keep going with it, but it's like, Oh, this is, this is the actual, I think story you need. If you're going to walk away from no, at least you're walking away from this. I wonder if any of that stuff got into the pre-release marketing. Like I, I I assume they did not show those characters in their weird spacesuits ahead of time. Right. Like that seems like kind of a big reveal to just, I don't remember ever seeing anything from that. Like to put in your launch trailer or whatever. All right. That is going to end the spoiler section there. Put a pin in it. I'm going to put a, a thing there. Uh, and let's, uh, let's see. Oh, I'll, I'll very briefly here say I jumped into Destiny 2. Um, I'm sorry, I'm just making this. What's this one here. called again? This expansion? Uh, the Witch Queen. The Witch Queen. Uh, How's the Witch Queen? 
Um, it's um, how's she doing? It's uh, it's very Destiny. It's like hard to it's. I played through the intro part of it to kind of get the setup for what they're doing. Uh, this part I'm not going to spoil for people who because this is just came out, and uh, uh, I think some of this is interesting to go through. But you know, they are doing the thing I think everybody predicted they're going to do, just maybe with a slightly different twist on it. So um, you know, they have a lot of mechanical stuff that is slightly different in this update. It's a big update. Uh, it's the, the, when I was checking the prices for it, um, you can get all different versions, but. If you just want the expansion, I think it's a $40 minimum in for that. But, you know, obviously there's all sorts of different versions you can get. I still like Destiny 2. It's still very fun to play. If you haven't played Destiny 2 in, let's say, six years, it, it, a lot of it's going to kind of be unrecognizable. Oh, you're talking to me. Okay. Yeah, the class stuff is very granular now. They've had a lot of like little sub things in the classes to slot in. Some of that was in the last time I played, uh, but uh, it's even gotten, I think they call it 3.0 now for some of the, the subclass 3.0 is what they're calling it. They added a timeline in the destiny game. So you can go and check the timeline. It basically just shows you a timeline with the different expansions of destiny and what happened in them kind of briefly to <laughs> kind of keep you up to date. It's an interesting thing to put in the game where you have removed most of that content from playability. Yeah. It's probably check why out. they have to do it. Cause they reference yeah, sure. it. I mean, this game sure. starts off with like, Hey, Mars is back. <laughs> You're like, wait, wait, they added Mars back. Like, Mars is back. Is that, is yeah. that part of this. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So like sure. Mars is back. You're like, and wait, if, you're, if you haven't been following along, you're like what the fuck happened to Mars? Right. Is it destiny one Mars? Uh, I couldn't tell you. Cause I was, uh, you think I, they got two Mars? Uh, no, they did. They straight up did. They have there's Mars and Destiny One, and then there was a Destiny Two DLC Mars that is different. So uh, I, don't, I don't know which one of those came back. So Mars is back, and you know uh, Savathun is back, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, there's some interesting things going on with Savathun that could probably you could probably predict. I'm not going to tell you, but it's also very easily Googleable. I'm sure. So mm. if you want to go look it up on your own. Uh, you can go find out what the, I what love to goog goog. You I'm, could, I mean, I'm I'm this is even worse. I'm sitting here watching this trailer trying to figure out which Mars we're talking about. <laughs> I should just keep playing Elden Ring. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, am I going to jump back in? I don't know. I bought it. And so um, I'll probably so here now. I'll probably at least finish the campaign stuff and and uh, uh, maybe some of the side activities. But they do a weird thing with the campaign when you start off. That's like. Do you want to play the base normal campaign or do you want to play it on legendary, which was a little weird uh, out of the gate there to say, if you do it on legendary, you're going to get these, you know, uh, epics and, and all that stuff. And here's your normal. And if you just want to do that and it's like, just like splits the screen in half, like which one do you want to do? I, I picked normal, but it says you can change it. It basically just sets all the campaign difficulty missions to legendary for you. So you don't have to do it in the background, but destiny Two, uh, Witch queen out now. 40 bucks. Mm. Are you tempted, mm. Brad? Not really. Mm. Okay. Kind of, kind of in any other month, probably. Right now is not the time. I suspect it'll be around for a while. Games. Like yeah. all the big games of February, I would like to play more of. Like I still want to play more Dying Light 2, and that's like number three on the list at <laughs> best right now, you know? Uh, yeah, I think, I think Destiny 2, The Witch Queen is one of those ones that's probably the one you could let sit for the longest because that's that's probably going to be their platform for Destiny 2 for a while. Um, you know, they'll have a couple of seasons in there, but seasons change everything. We know mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. I have heard. Um, all right. 
we're going to take another unprecedented third Whoa. break here. Uh, and then we're going to be right back with the news. So stick around. We're going to have our news and then we'll wrap up. We'll be right back. And we're back in time for the news. Well, I'm looking over here at this news rundown. Seems like Street Fighter in the news. Kind of. Making waves. They jammed it in there. They said the word Street Fighter 6. Street Fighter, how you dukin'? What's... How you uh, how you duking? Mm-hmm. Well, apparently, how, how you duking is uh, Ryu got real wide. <laughs> Ryu, just, that Ryu's is a white boy. Yeah. How, how everybody everybody must have made the Henry Cavill joke at this point already, right? What is that Henry Cavill joke? Like he looks like he's got a beard and he's just ripped all to hell. Are you talking like you're talking like Mission Impossible like Henry Cavill? Oh, like Superman. Oh, okay. Like, like just the gigantic. Or, you know, perhaps maybe um, Adam Driver in The Last Jedi, if you'd like. Mm, okay. Like, uh, Wide Ryu torsos. Is, Ryu is not just swole here. He is, yeah, what is the word? He's spreading out. Right, like he's gigantic here in a way, wide in a way he is not. He specifically before. looks like he has the body of like every old wrestler that hasn't completely <laughs> fallen apart. Like the ones that still go to the gym, but are definitely over 50 and pushing it. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean, that came out of the Capcom Pro Tour finals. They, like, teased a big reveal, and then their big reveal was, hey, they're making a sixth Street Fighter. Which I think everyone already kind of knew, but had not been confirmed. It's going to happen eventually. I just, I don't think they said much of anything about it. Beyond, hey, we're doing it. They didn't. I I think after kind of, like, I don't know, maybe my read is poor, but uh, almost Street Fighter V seemed like a miracle to cross the finish line and get out there and the, the... some of the stuff that went on with the Street Fighter Five was kind of a troubled product yeah. by the standards of Street Fighter, I would say. Like so, it got to a better place, but I don't know that it ever got to a good place. Yeah, I mean, it just—I don't think it ever gained like wide acceptance in the FGC the way that they wanted it to, right? What 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 happened with like the code development on that stuff? Like the wasn't there like money from Sony? Well, it became a, so- a PlayStation exclusive forever. Right. Yes, yes, not it still is. Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I don't it's know. It's on PC, that, but yes. I don't know that Sony kept pumping money into it okay. over the course of all their seasons and DLC packs and stuff. It might That might have just been the upfront initial development. I'm not sure, but yes, there was exclusivity there. You know who? Uh, I'm looking at an image again of Ryu, and he just looks like the Incredible Hulk. That's who he looks like. He looks okay, like a, sure. He yes. looks like a version yes. of the Incredible Hulk. Like, yes. Just, like, a, just out, like a brick. Outlandishly, like a mountain of a man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, with incredibly realistically rendered feet <laughs> uh, in sandals, sandals apparently now. yeah apparently yeah. according to that one story was a i guess a big deal uh and a kind of smaller head so uh mm-hmm. the, the kind of big body wide torso small head i mean and, if we're going gears of war proportions for all the street fighter characters sure why not uh, i just i i man i couldn't if you ask me what i want out of a street fighter six at this point i don't have an answer like i really don't a, know a what good fighting game that's really all i ask i'm not i'm not complicated mm-hmm. I don't know what to say to that. Like, it feels like a series that is like a little lost. Uh, no, like a slave to its legacy in the mm. way that like Mortal Kombat has kind of like broken out. It's weird to say that because Mortal Kombat has been highly referential. 
Well, it's been referential uh, without just like dedicating itself to being one thing. You know, right. that's that's what I mean. Is like is like Street Fighter, and I'm sure there's plenty of nuance here in mechanics and stuff like that. But I mean, just like more big picture. You know, in terms of the lineup, the look, the X, Y, and Z basic building blocks of a Street Fighter, like five felt a lot like four and you know, et cetera, et cetera. Like, obviously, I feel yes, like there are, there are differences, but like for somebody who was not deep into the scene, like what are you looking at in street fighter six that is differentiating it from a four or a five, right? Like to me, the problem with five and I know like, I'm no expert on this stuff. I played a decent amount of five, but I, I never really got into the competitive aspect of it. And it felt to me like they weren't ready for Street Fighter 4 to be the runaway success that it was. Like, they weren't expecting it, and they weren't really sure, like, what the pivot point from that was. Yes, that's, yes, exactly. Yes, because, like, Street Fighter had been kind of lost in the woods for, like, a decade, right? Yeah. By the time 4 came out, and then 4 just kind of exploded, and, like, 4 was great. But then, where did they, where, like, I don't know where they're supposed to go from there and it was also telling that they did go to sony to sort of like co-market and and develop that thing because you would think a breakout breakout success like street fighter 4 they could have just written their own ticket and done whatever they wanted but apparently not apparently they were not able to secure that level of funding and that level of interest yeah Yeah, there's something about street fighter that feels i don't know for me tekken has continued to be great and is in some cases gotten better over time mortal kombat actually when it refers to itself, it's doing so in service of trying to push the series forward. Even if it's not always successful, it usually right. tries. Right. Or they've got some interesting hook there, like the time travel stuff. It's like, yeah. okay, yes, you're bringing back classic characters, but you're telling a new story with this kind of ridiculous, like, merger of, of eras thing. Like, actually pointing out Tekken really makes me realize, like, other classic fighting game series have been doing quite well for themselves. Totally. And, like, carrying their respective torches and, like, really moving forward in a way that Street Fighter has not, and like it's just kind of like that much more conspicuous when you look at these other franchises. Like, I think they're scared of getting to a place where they become a King of Fighters, and that is not a diss on King of Fighters, but like <laughs> King of Fighters occupies a space that is like, yo, we're just making more King of Fighters. You know that thing you like? We're going to keep iterating on it, and we're going to keep making it, but it's King of Fighters-ass King of Fighters, and there's a very specific subset of people that just want to play that, and they're not looking to go that route. They don't want to be a, a subset of the market. They want to be the market because they feel like Street Fighter has to be the market, but I just don't think they had that answer with 5, and I'm not sure what the answer to that would be with 6. I, boy, this logo thing really like did not get this thing off on the right foot. It's no. telling. like. I put this in, I put this in there because like Vinny, you have worked with royalty free assets in production environments mm-hmm. before. Any feelings on this logo? So, so if if you haven't seen the logo, it's kind of this I don't know hexagonal looking thing with an S. It yeah, looks it, it looks it, like it, a bad logo for a fight like a low level UFC fight that's dojo. Exactly yeah, so like, what like, I thought. Like, like a gym. Like it, it, Ed, Ed Tran, who we used to work with from GameSpot on Twitter, basically said, "Yes, it's like some, it's like some shitty, like mom and pop local MMA gym logo." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and maybe that's the tone they're going. Maybe, maybe Ryu is cha- training a new. Uh, he's like a Luke Skywalker training some Jedi in the in the low level SF Street Fighter gym. But the the bigger thing, Brad, is the the story you pulled was uh, people kind of. This is real, right? This this really happened. They they, they yeah, found like people found. It's not the exact exact same logo. They there are minor it. differences. They, but but it's essentially it's the same similar. as a logo that you could license for eighty bucks off some Adobe asset store. Yeah. So it, it really looks extremely similar. It looks like somebody skewed 
that logo into the Street Fighter logo, or the, it's not even a Street Fighter logo. It's this FF SF branding. Um, mm-hmm. a traditional Street Fighter, you know, always had that kind of fiery font. Uh, this is not that. This is extremely clean. Um, it's, I don't have a problem with cleaned up logos. It's just this is just boring. Like it's, it's just boring. not anything. Yeah, unless unless it does tie into it. If there are any narrative things, I mean, you ask what I would want in a Street Fighter game. It's like a cool story mode like Mortal Kombat had, but I, I don't think they're there. I, I don't, don't think they have those chops. Like, yeah. they every time they've tried remember, to do arcade mode storytelling, it's just not good. Yeah. yeah, remember they tried to put out they put out that downloadable story mode after the fact for five that yeah. just didn't do it at all. It's bad. Yeah, so like uh, that's that's what I want because I, I don't play fighting games competitively anymore if ever I did. Uh, I just play them to get through the story stuff and because I still like playing fighting games or certain fighting games if there's a story thing. And the Mortal Kombat ones have been fun stories to just yeah. go through. But this um, Street Fighter has not been in a long time. I To be yeah, clear, yeah. I absolutely want the best for Street Fighter. Nothing would make me happier than a good Street Fighter resurgence again. But I just, I'm right now, I am not 100% convinced that they know exactly what they want that thing to be and yeah. whether that thing will be compelling. Like this logo fiasco is only such a big deal because people are coming off of 5 feeling yeah. like 5 was kind of limp, right? Or underwhelming. Yeah. like. This, this just feels like it's continuing that trend if this is the best they could do. And the thing is, like, 5 is not a bad game. It just never really caught on. And I just, I think not bad was not nearly enough for what Street Fighter is supposed to be. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, there was a time when the numbered Street Fighter games were a huge deal. There just weren't that yeah, many. Yeah, it was an event. And I think we've gotten 4, 5, and 6 in, I, I somebody would have to correct me on this, but, like, half the time we got one, two, and three, or let's just say two and three because Street Fighter one, like the difference getting up to three was what? Like 10 years. Um, yeah, two was like 91, 92 ish. And then three, I want to say it was 99. And there was stuff in 98, but there was like alpha in there and and all all sorts of other stuff. Yeah. So like, it's not really a fair comparison there. And like, don't, you know, don't forget they were doing dark stalkers. They were doing so many other, like all the Marvel the X-Men and Marvel games and mm-hmm. kind of leads us right into the next story. But like they, they Capcom was just pumping out fighting games in the nineties. Yeah. So that, do you need a numbered street fighter or could you have done, you know, more five? Yeah, EX man, super, actually it's, or, you know, it seems like, like, it seems like it might've been a good time to maybe put numbered street fighter on the back burner yeah, and try some other try stuff. Some other again. stuff. I also wonder if maybe they could not secure a budget for a thing yeah. that was not a yeah. numbered street. You're fighter. Right. That's also very possible. You're right. Um, uh, Except for the Capcom Fighting Collection, which I imagine has a relatively low <laughs> financial footprint mm-hmm. by comparison. Um, they announced that as well. That is a collection of Darkstalkers, Night Warriors, Vampire Savior, Vampire Hunter 2, Vampire Savior 2, Red Earth slash Warzard, which is a CPS 3 Warzard! Never, <laughs> never come out uh, in a, an official home release before. I, I assume it, I assume it runs in Mame just fine, but I'm not sure. Cyberbots Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo, everybody's favorite fighting game. <laughs> Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo, uh, Hyper Street Fighter 2, and Super Gym Fighter Mini Mix, which I am not familiar with, but uh, that's coming out in June. Is Hyper um, Street Fighter 2 just hyper fighting? I or is that a separate thing? Don't know. Because that's definitely had a zillion home releases before, so I'm not sure why they'd be putting it in this collection as well. Let me see. Uh, a modified 
port of Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo. Okay. Uh, I'm quite sure what the differences are. Yeah, me. But I came out on the PS2. Oh, okay. There must be substantive differences about it that make it worth including in this collection. Uh, I I tried to find who's doing this collection. I could not find that. I know Iron Galaxy has done some of what they did, like the Street Fighter 3 XBLA game from some years ago, and they did a really good job with those. So I don't know. Hopefully this will turn out well. This seems cool. Dark Dark Stalkers is cool. Yeah, yeah. And then Vampire Hunter is like, is Dark Stalkers? Is Is that right? Oh gosh, I yes, I I can't keep up with all the Japanese naming yeah, differences. Yeah, I I, um, I I really don't know. I I like Darkstalker as well, but like I don't like. There's no Darkstalkers two in the U.S. Am I right? We are not the. We are probably not. I can't. The I can't stalker. remember. Not that I can remember, remember playing <laughs> again. Okay. I would need to. I need to like find a matrix okay. of what yes. came out where. <laughs> like, um, because like okay, I'm 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 looking this up and confirming this. this is part of why this is so confusing. Like Vampire Hunter Two and Vampire Savior Two are not sequels; they are modified versions of the original Vampire Savior. Okay, with, like with like different with some character differences and stuff. Like it's a lot to keep up. Which is anyway. dark, which is Dark Stalkers, right? Yes. Okay. Blah. Uh That's a yes. neat that's a neat collection to put together. I hope it runs well. Yeah, like I I mean if if I could just like. Not that they should be taking ideas from me because I'm like a fair weathered fighting game fan to begin with. But like if they said, hey, should we make another Street Fighter or a new Darkstalkers? Yeah. I would be like, dude, make Dark a Darkstalkers all the way. Yeah. That would be cool. Like yeah. a modern Darkstalkers would be cool as hell. But like, yeah, they probably do not have the confidence that it would justify its its budget, um, which I which I kind of get. On this uh, Capcom collection, because I know, I think, Brad, you probably appreciate this. It says in the story, 500 pieces of art and 400 mm. music tracks in a museum mode, which is okay. which is what you want from these things, right? Yeah. Preservation. Yeah. Archival like, material. That stuff's cool. And make it run well. I wonder, online? Oh, yeah. it's Yes. Yeah, so they, they are doing rollback, actually, for everything. Okay. Here. I hope it works. Go for it. Um. That's the that's the Capcom Street Fighter collection news. Capcom Street Fighter slash collection news. Mm-hmm. What else we got here? Uh, they showed what the PlayStation VR two looks like. If Yay. you guessed, it looks a lot like the PlayStation VR one. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, uh, I my initial thoughts in seeing that thing was it looks like uh, anime, like uh, Japanese cyber soldier headgear gear, sure. you know, like it's the cameras. It's the, the little yeah. dot cameras on the front are the thing that make it look like that. It's like completely flat white with like four little cameras. It looks like things that are in um like uh my favorite animes, uh where like the future soldiers wear these things that like how do you see it? kind of like destiny almost like how do you see out of that thing? But it's really just this like um uh it needs a couple of more panel lines on it, but that mm-hmm. it's getting there. It's yes. getting there. We're getting to that. It, makes it, look, it looks creepy. It Those does cameras look creepy. make it look creepy. Yeah. Uh, the controllers um, are kind of VR controller-ish looking at this point. Yeah, they, they look pretty similar to the recent Oculus controllers. That little ring design, I think, is kind of what you what you get these days for mm-hmm. finger tracking and that sort of thing. Uh, um, but like the first PS- PSVR remains the best, in terms of form factor, the best headset I have ever put on. Like, mm in terms of just ease of putting it on, taking it off, like comfort level while you're wearing it, all that stuff. Like, I think yeah. it's like, that was, that's like the design to beat for me. I've never put a quest two on to be fair. I, I don't have but, too much experience with it, but I will say I put it on and off kids and myself a lot. And the, I also find it to be pretty easy to put on and off and also adjustable. Yeah. yeah like that stretchy, the stretchy headset 
mm-hmm. thing that that mechanism just is very easy to work with. The rails for the yeah. moving the thing forward and back. The um, apparently apparently this one's got ventilation in it. Ooh, it's like a big deal that the designer here made a big deal out of. Uh, fact that they have gotten some airflow into the headset, which sounds nice to me. I like when my face can breathe. Yeah, no more sweaty, sweaty cushions. Uh, it's got this one cable in the picture. In pictures, you know, can be doctored here, but one cable in the pictures. But it does look like it has on the sides the headphone uh, things that you squish the earbuds into. If you look on the side of the thing, yeah, yeah uh, but they don't show the earbuds in this. So I wonder if they're detachable or not built in. Oh, I don't know how they're handling that stuff. I hope the headphones are detachable. Yeah. Just do you use them? I, like I, I never really use them. No, I like to, I like to be able to use my own headphones with VR stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. it's anyway, it, it looks neat. It looks expensive. No, yeah. Nothing, <laughs> nothing surprising about the design. It looks very iterative on the last one, but that's a good thing for me. I think yeah. the last one was designed very well. Uh, this bundle is going to be pricey. Like with these controllers. Yeah. This is going to be. Uh, but I'm excited for, for it. Sure. I, I, like uh, I didn't. I, it's the only VR I own is the PSVR, and the thing still gets use in this household. Um, it's definitely one of those things, though. We were talking about controllers last time. Only one VR <laughs> in this household. So I hope whatever they launch this with, I hope they do it with things that are one person wears the helmet and multiple people can play along with the person on the TV. Those are the games that get the best use in this house um, as a shared system. Yeah, I'm kind of excited for this. Yeah, it looks uh, cool. I, I am also excited to see what potential it has for being a PC headset as well, ooh. since it's since it's you know straight USB C. Yeah, and like people are instantly going to plug that into a PC and see what they can do with it. Maybe nothing. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know how accessible that hardware will be. But if if there's a way to make this double as a good solid PC headset as well, that justifies the price a whole lot more. I forgot this in the tech specs. I can go back and read it, but do you remember if it rec- does it work at all with the camera? I know it's got inside out tracking, but do you does it work with, at all with the PlayStation Five camera, or do you not even need? No, it? I don't. I don't think so. That that camera is not stereoscopic. It's just like single okay. single lens, single sensor. So I don't think it would do much anyway. Okay, so plugging this into a PC should be self contained as long as the controllers maybe also sync up with the PC, which is yeah, probably Bluetooth. I assume probably Bluetooth. Yeah, but who knows? Like what kind of lockouts are in there that would prevent people from hmm. Accessing, but it's entirely possible this will never work well as a PC headset. But it could, they also might sync up with the headset for latency. You know, might uh, and send over the stuff over the USB cable for yeah, possible. Yeah, I mean, what are we, we're totally speculating at this point, but uh, neat design looks yeah. not unexpected, but <laughs> totally fine. Can't wait to see the price tag. Yeah, yeah, it makes you wonder how far off it is. If you know they're mm. getting out there with product shots and stuff now, maybe it's a. I don't know and if it's we a are at thing. least. We are at least one long Mark Cerny presentation away from that thing coming out. Oh, for sure. I, I don't know for sure that it would be a this year thing. It could be, but it feels like feels like they need to get past the shortage of consoles mm. before they start putting out more major hardware add-ons. I, I bet we will I get a, a calendar 2022 PlayStation VR 2 decent chunk of time segment mm-hmm. uh, on some. Stage. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. They will, they will show games for sure. Yeah. I just, I don't know if it'll be out this year is what I yeah. mean. Uh, what else we got, Brad? Uh, quick little Microsoft block here. Uh, it's such mm-hmm. a weird thing for you to say about this. Like neither of these stories. <laughs> well, the Call of Duty story is pretty is pretty mm. significant. The Bethesda one slightly less so, but also it's just tempting to group 
a story about Call of Duty and a story about the Bethesda store together under the header of Microsoft. Yeah, that's funny. Even though technically, obviously, the Activision deal has yet to close and won't for some time. Um, Bloomberg saying that next year, next year there will not be a Call of Duty game, a retail new Call of Duty game put out in 2023. That is not this year. Whoever is making this year's game sounds like we'll finish and release it this year, but mm-hmm. next year was going to be a Treyarch year. And apparently because Vanguard underperformed enough, they're starting to sweat that they are pushing new Call of Duties out too fast. Only 10 years too late. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hmm, I'm trying to think, but where were we 10 years ago? Modern, Modern Warfare, Warfare 3? Yeah. Black Ops. Modern Warfare 3. Ghosts. OG Black Ops. Ghosts was the launch title for the new consoles in 2013. So yeah, we're right No one there. talks about Ghosts. Yes, Ghosts was sort of, I feel like, a canary in a coal mine. Um, Yeah, I don't entirely disagree. I mean, it's still like the highest selling game of the year consistently every year. But No, it, it is. But I do think it is very telling that the, the fact that a single game deciding, hey, we're going to take one more year is like this earth shattering thing. Like maybe not necessarily the the symbol of a particularly healthy industry that like mm. if this one year one game franchise decides to take a knee for 12 months that suddenly like retailers are freaking out and like analysts are freaking out and everyone's scattering like you just stepped on an ant colony. Like dude, it's they will make other gun games. I understand this is an extremely popular one, but like, come on, they're not saying they're not going to make more of these. Also, they're they're not delaying it to put more time into the game. They are doing it for business reasons because they think that they are kind of undercutting their own market. Like, they sounds like they're going to refocus some of Treyarch's efforts on supporting free-to-play and other kind of downloadable stuff. They're going to have, like, more quote-unquote experiences to launch next year. Yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of some of my takeaway from this, too, is focusing more into the Warzone marketplace and Warzone experience and... You know, Call of Duty's Call of Duty's narrative first person single player stuff seems like it hasn't really been the focus for a long, long time. So Well, it but, is a focus. Like they do care about that stuff, but it's obviously not the thing that drives the business. Yeah, like I think the Vanguard campaign did not really hit y- y- Right. And kind, like kind of at all as far as I could see. Yeah, maybe focus isn't the right word. Maybe it's like just not not sticking where I think mm-hmm. Warzone was the thing people were talking about. So I think seeing seeing that and being like well, it's, well maybe Call of Duty proper doesn't come out but maybe a Warzone thing comes out uh, is you know, totally feasible in my mind I, I'm i just I am saturated on that stuff like I have that stuff could come out and I sometimes I even forget it's coming out like uh, the, the Call of Duty did you guys yeah. play War- Vanguard at all? no yeah. Yeah. Didn't, didn't touch it. it I have not really played a Call of Duty game with any significance in some years. Like, I yeah. just I just never really took to that franchise. Yeah, the Modern Warfare reboot was the last one that had really any kind of hook for me. At and all. then Warzone, you know, obviously kind of took on a life of its own. Yeah, totally. That stuff is still huge. But, I mean, you know, like, the first, the first calendar year without a retail Call of Duty release in, like, 15-plus years is kind of a big deal. It'll be interesting if, uh, if, if and when they do skip this year that they... Next proper Call of Duty very mel- very well might be a Microsoft uh, Activision release. Yeah, it absolutely would be. I mean, that deal is supposed to close by next summer, and this would be the holiday season after that. Yeah. So, so let's see if um, let's see if that's long enough for anything to affect. I guess it's impossible to know, but you know, any big direction changes. Yeah. 
Uh, what uh, else is Microsoft yes, doing, yes, Brad? Yes, the other, the other big piece of Microsoft news here is that Microsoft's Bethesda's <laughs> Bethesda store is uh-huh. closing. Uh, okay. That, that PC storefront slash client that Bethesda put out some years ago uh, is going away. Are we are we uh, in the shrinking June. now of this? Because is this? I, I don't know. How to, I don't know if I don't know how to read this. If it's a like like a general trend of like store consolidation, yeah. or if it's just a Microsoft strategic move, I feel like probably more the latter. Although, like there was that stuff out of like CD Projekt that GOG is not as profitable as it once was. Right? There was that, there, and then Rockstar also say they were uh, the Rockstar store was either shrinking or or collapsing. They didn't get rid of it. I know that much. Yeah, okay. it's still going. I'm not sure what's going on there, but on, you know, maybe we're just past the land grab of everybody trying to stake out their own claim mm. to digital storefronts. And they're just like, Oh fuck. Okay. <laughs> Steam actually turned out to be too powerful. We can't do this after all. I mean, in this case uh, also, you know, they're Bethesda has been with Microsoft for a bit here. So I wonder if, right. Like, is- yeah, we're, we are exactly in the window now after that acquisition <laughs> where like real changes would start to happen. <laughs> yeah. Right? Right. Like they, they, they are now looking at, okay, so what's the deal with this? Yes. Mm-hmm. We are, we are far enough from, Oh, everything stays the same. This yeah. change, this acquisition changes nothing. Like <laughs> right. that's right. never true. Right. Also we're phasing out your old health insurance plan. So get, you're getting on our new right. one. Yeah. I mean, this just, you know, it doesn't make sense to maintain this storefront when they've got the Xbox store and game pass and all that stuff. Like this clearly not really serving any major purpose for them. You can, you, all your, all your purchases will transfer over to steam and it looks like everything, all your saves, except for your Wolfenstein Youngblood, will transfer <laughs> as well. What would happen there? I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah. So it's all, you're not losing anything. If anything, I'm sure people were probably just fine having that stuff moved to steam. So what if I want it on the Epic game store? Um, I'm not starting that fight again. <laughs> <laughs> Um, when is that, Brad? What, what do you know? Is May. There a date on that? May. Soon. Uh, soon. That's pretty soon. Okay. All right. You think, uh, okay, let me ask you this. Like, do you think to any- migrate real quick? No, like it's, it's actually May to like, that's the deadline to migrate and everything. Like that's kind of crazy aggressive. Like come May, it'll it. be turned on. It's like, yeah, if it was like, Hey, in May, we will stop accepting purchases on the Bethesda net thing and like you still will have another six months to transfer etc cetera, etc cetera. but it's just like it seems like if you don't transfer your wallet and your games by May they are gone gone if I'm correctly which pretty quick do you think we have a battle net story like this in 2024 oh man I don't know like battle net is a pretty big brand and unto itself hmm. um I don't know that's tough. That's tough to say. I wonder. I wonder. I mean, I that probably that probably rolls up into larger questions about what's going on with Blizzard and yeah. where that thing lands within Microsoft. I was just going to say, it's almost hard to imagine what that even landscape looks like in 2024, right? Like, yeah. Um. All right. Moving right along here. Speaking of things, maybe that underperformed as in Vanguard, this next story, Alex, you want to tell me um, what's going on with Guardians? Well, so this is just, you know, part of the sort of ongoing story of Square Enix never being particularly predictable as far as, like, where they think their games should be and where they actually are. Um, 
Well, I guess they are a little bit predictable, and apparently nothing ever actually meets expectations, unless it's Final Fantasy. Uh, so the company's president, Yosuke Matsuda, uh, came out there and said the game had uh, undershot their initial expectations. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, apparently some of the sales initiatives, namely probably selling the game for 30 bucks, probably right after it came out, uh, that they kicked off in November 2021 uh, have resulted in sales growth, and they continue to expand sales to make up for the title's slow start. But again, this is kind of in keeping, especially with their Western studios, of uh, Square Enix never seeming completely happy with where uh, those games end up sales-wise, and also yeah. not really actually saying what those targets were. Funny how this keeps happening. Yeah. Like, go all the way back to, like, 2013 when that Tomb Raider reboot came out. <laughs> like, that seems like there is a giant target painted on the back of Square Enix releases out of Western Studios these days in terms of underperforming financial results. I, I didn't remember this. Um, this It's not a quote. The sentiment that came out of there that Square Enix said that giving the Avengers to Crystal Dynamics was a bad fit. Yes, given their lack yes, of experience, they said, boy, that's yes, they, they said that. That's a. Hmm. I'm trying to think. I think Deus Ex has gotten this treatment also at it one did, point or yes. another. I think the second one especially got that. Yes, right. Like it's <laughs> it's basically a meme at this point. I like Guardians of the Galaxy, and I think it's a fun game, and I think it showed very poorly initially, and I think I think the Marvel saturation and Avengers game did not help. I, I think the the Avengers thing was probably the biggest hurdle there mm. because it that game really just did not land and coming so soon on the heels of that with a good but less popular Marvel property, I think was a tougher sell. And like you said, it didn't show super well in those trailers. It looked kind of obnoxious. Mm-hmm. It did not really get at the core of what made that game great when they were promoting it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I uh, you can hear a lot of our game of the year discussion about it if you want, you want to go check that out. But uh, I really enjoyed that game. Uh, yeah, me too. I would recommend it, or at least recommend checking more of it out if you're curious. It is not a bad game by any stretch. Uh, it's even if you're not into the Marvel universe, I think it holds its own just in terms of its own characters and stories in there. I'm As just the, increasingly the uncertain of what it is Square Enix actually <laughs> wants from these studios and what they expect. Like. I understand the, you know, not everything can be the, we spent hundreds of millions of dollars on this Final Fantasy thing and is now the most popular video game in the goddamn world. But, like, what are we doing here? I mean, this is, this might be a tough one with licensing. Who knows what the, like, budgets were for licensing Marvel's properties and. But then, then why are you doing it? I don't know. I I can't ask, answer that question. But maybe maybe they were like Guardians is super hot. And, you know, it's maybe Guardians was not as hot as they thought Guardians was going to be. They they maybe they wanted Spider Man sales and they didn't get Spider Man sales. No, definitely not. Yeah. So I I don't know. I don't know what they want. I don't know. They want they want another Final Fantasy. I hope just, I hope that Idos Montreal team at least keep keeps getting to do what they're doing. I mean they haven't cut them loose yet, despite this right. could repeatedly happening, so I guess they're not not in any immediate danger. It seems like they hit on something pretty special here, like Marvel license or not. Hopefully they can keep doing something similar in the future. That quote is really interesting. The um you kind of mentioned that there, Alex, they're like we we the slow start, but the we've put things in place to make the game sell better. And mm-hmm. they say uh we like intend to work fifty percent. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we intend to work to continue to expand sales to make up for the title slow start. Like I, 
is that just gonna keep making it cheaper? Yeah, is what you're saying? Is that, is that are, you, are you just gonna put it on a PlayStation Plus or something and just be like, you know, listen, it's moving like hotcakes now. Uh, it's it's a good game. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anything about the video game industry business on the inside, what they want, what people want. But I do know when I play a good game, and I mm-hmm. enjoyed that game. Same. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Probably not going to see another one anytime soon. At least from that team. Not your fault, team. You made a good game. Yeah. Uh, that going to do it for the news? Yeah. Like so. Thanks everybody for listening. That was the news. If you missed it and you're going back, you can go listen to us talk about Elden Ring uh, with some, you know, I'm not really, it's hard to say spoilers, but we talk about our experiences there. So if you're looking for, um, if you're going to jump back, we talk about stuff that it's, we experienced and that could be spoilery. I'm sensitive to that stuff too in those Souls games. So uh, be aware of that. If you're going to listen to the Horizon Forbidden West stuff, we spoil the hell out of that early part that story part so don't listen to that if you're going to (laughs) straight up avoid that if you're still making your way through it or want to uh get into that stuff um if you don't care and are curious what it's all about go ahead have a listen it's fun and then we talk a little bit about destiny stuff in the games and you just heard all the news and that's going to wrap up the show and this is the part where we thank everybody for supporting us thank you yeah thank you thank you thank you thank you uh, you can support us by going over to patreon.com slash nextlander, where we have a whole bunch of tiers to go check out. Uh, you can pick a tier that's right for you. Help make everything we do here possible. The podcast, the streaming, uh, uh, the comfy crew, getting guests to come through. Everything we do is made possible by your support, whether it's listening, watching, just spreading the good vibes out there. So thanks, everybody, uh, uh, for for helping us and supporting us as we approach a year it's been it's been great so thanks again one of the tiers on the patreon the mysterious benefactor tier is a a a tier in which you get a shout out on this here podcast and alex navarro i believe Mm -hmm. you have those shout outs ready to go i do indeed our mysterious benefactors for this week are evan poon no one Vinny's giant booga boogas nelson leblanc james smith Skywarp, John Hubbard, Sean Miller, Jack Eineker, Nick Donegan, Evan Cook, Mark Wilhelm, JM, Jerry Lee, Gary Pejsky, Conrad Kuzman, Robert Fisher, John McInnes, Octothorpe Bunny Crimes, Peter Reardon, Thomas Lynn, Jad Rita, Statics, Andrew Jackson, Bacon Monk, Chris Barkhurst, Anders Buga, Devin Maestro Hall, Brian Murphy, Kevin Villato, Randy Duax, Mark Allenbach, Aaron Gonzalez Beer, Andrew Teepkin, It Me JP, Edward Cheek, and Andrew Slosky, Steve Lynn, Richard Welsh, aka Hired Noobs, Matthew Herrig, David Campos, and Tyler Treese. And as always, thanks to all our patrons and everybody for supporting us. If you missed it this week, we had uh, more. Alexy Quest, where Alex is going through Mass Effect Andromeda. He's got a ship. He's got some crew members. He's going to go talk to those crew members on that ship 
next time, but you can see how we I talk to a few one. of them. Yeah, you do talk to a few of them. It's your your Andromeda in here, mm-hmm. and Andromeda and loving it. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, yeah. We'll see where that goes. We've got a stream coming up for Elden Ring. If you listen to some of that Elden Ring talk and want to put picture to words, we have a stream coming up for Elden Ring that'll be on Thursday. Uh, and you can catch that live or the archive if you want to see it there. Live Elden Ring. There you go. Wow. I'm surprised that hasn't come up yet. I love it. Uh, and if you are, uh, are voting in our patron choice poll, that will happen on uh, Friday. Brad, when does that poll close? Um, Soon, see. probably, right? I believe is it? about, well, by the time... Need to go look. Yeah, well, think, but I, time I, you I said it for. I think I said it for midnight tonight. Okay, it might be closed. So thank you for voting. Or go check it out. Anyway, check out the stream. That's going to happen on Friday, and we'll see. Um, we'll see what the patrons have chosen. What dangerous thing they have chosen for us to get into this week? Of course, we got the Ramble Cast, and you're listening to the Next Lander Podcast with Brad Shoemaker, Alex Navarro, and me, Vinny C. It rhymes. Hey. 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 Uh, thanks everybody for listening. And we'll be back next week. <laughs>